0: I had a dream yeah. the other night, too, guys. I want to share it with you. And it's about like the c 2 e like we had a C2E2 meetup and uh, we were all swimming at a hotel pool. And don't tell him I said this because it's really fucking embarrassing. But Mark Busking had diarrhea in the pool. <laughs> oh
1: no! Yeah, I,
0: I, I love Mark. I think he's a nice dude, and I don't know why. But in the stream, like he's he's in there and he's got his swimming trunks on, and all of a sudden, like like you saw it, kind of just like this milky, milky. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, sorry. were you underwater, and did you get the view from underwater, or was that from? No, above, it was like, above you know? water, but it, it just like it was
0: just like you know, it was like a like it was a dream. So it just I could see it perfectly, like the water was like still or whatever, and so like it was just like this milky kind of like I don't know. It looked like like some kind of like coffee creamer, but with like a caramel color to it, and it was. And it just started to slowly seep out of his, like, swimming trunks. <laughs>
3: and was, was he embarrassed or did he claim it?
0: No, it was one of those things where it's like um, he didn't realize it was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Even <better. laughs> And I'm in this dream. I'm the only one that notices that it's going on. And I'm just like, holy shit. I'm just waiting for, like, I'm not going to be the first one to say something. Like, I'm waiting for anyone else to, like, point it out or for Mark to notice.
2: (laughs) Now, who – was there a person that, like, in your dream that was the first to point it out? Was it, like – I'm just going to throw out – was it June, for example? Was June like, oh, my uh, God, there's shit in the pool?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, the dream didn't go that far. It wasn't wasn't logical, the dream. Yeah, it it wasn't logical. Like, it was literally like, hey, we're hanging out. We're swimming at, like, the Marriott or whatever the fuck, and then – like Mark, fucking you know, shits in the pool t- has a. It's like a diarrhea leak, and it was like there was like no, um, <laughs> there was like no pieces. It was just liquid. It was just like
3: straight liquid. Mm-hmm. I've been there.
4: Yeah. It was like the, the aquatic version of Pigpen. From fucking <laughs> it, was,
0: it was like if James Cameron, if James Cameron like, refilmed re- The Abyss, just with like. <laughs> and shit in a pool that's basically what we saw yeah it forms like a little shit face like the alien poopy. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> and then the lady sticks her
2: finger in the poopy yeah three hours later
0: i'm just wondering which
3: one of you is going to be the first person to tell mark busking that i dreamt about him shitting in a pool i would never i I don't even know how to broach that
2: (laughs) yeah no kidding you know i was hoping that would become a patreon episode (laughs) (laughs) that i can invite him on and tell him about the dream maybe that would be fascinating if you do a patreon where he comes on and you just play that recording and see his reaction to it I actually
3: thought Brian was just going to be like, ah, fuck it, and just make it like the intro of this episode. <laughs> uh, Jake, Jake, Jake,
0: is that, is that, is, is
2: that, is that not tasteful? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like, the human is that, brain is a magical thing, though. Just how poor Mark got picked in your mind to be the victim of that
3: brain. <laughs> you know, like, what is I'm trying to put myself in Mark's shoes. Mark. Would I be upset or not? <laughs>
2: he no. really is a sweetheart and of all the people on earth he's the oh one God. who shits in the pool and you drink. i think
3: he, i think he would think it was funny
2: i think he probably would but should
3: i assume that
2: yeah, he'd, he'd yeah. probably and laugh again, and how then, then clear it's because, because probably like, laugh and then set up a people to kill list with Brian at the top of it. Yeah. Yeah. it's like Rob now. Now Rob Forrest is making a meme of like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like Mark in a pool with a brown cloud around him.
3: Yeah, you're making the abyss creature out of out of Mark's brown powder.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mark, he is a sweet doll. He's a very good dude. Oh yeah.
0: Uh, I, I, maybe I should
3: make, I, maybe I should just, that should be like Patreon level. Yeah. That was my first <laughs> thought during the conversation was, I was like, Brian's saying not to tell him, but I bet he has a change of heart after 24 hours. I don't know. the These, <laughs> these, the, the recordings on, did, did I record that with, uh, with Skype?
2: I think you did. Hey, I, I think, think
3: you it. did. Cause what made me think about it was Kay bringing up that you were recording. Yeah.
2: Do you? Do you I'm perfectly comfortable jumping on the grid. I will text Mark right now and tell him, like, the gist of the, like, hey, there, Brian had a weird dream about you shitting in a pool. Would you be <laughs> uncomfortable with <if> that? <laughs> I don't on? think
3: you can't put that toothpaste back into the tube, though. That's the thing no, about telling but Mark.
2: Like, the recording never has to be heard, <laughs> but I can ask Mark if he has any. I'm just offering. I'll do it if you want me to. Because I think it might come off differently for me than you got, you know, I, I, <laughs> Greg has a way with words. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like here's the thing. Hey Mark, uh
0: Brian had this weird dream uh, about you uh shitting in a pool. Um uh, uh, would, would you be opposed to 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 Brian playing this for the intro of the next episode?
2: Well, I was gonna start it with like, hey, I know this is a weird story, but you know. <laughs> oh, okay. That 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 the, the blow is a little less than, right? Exactly. I mean I'm just Maybe you could tell there. him
3: without telling him who had the dream. Okay. Do the, do the, oh, I have a the, friend who had this dream. I have a friend, <laughs> a friend who has a podcast that wants to turn this into the <laughs> intro One, of,
2: next one of the hosts. <sighs> so that's a don't don't text him? No.
0: <laughs> Jake is saying no, and part of me really wants that audio to be heard. You see do it.
2: I'll do I mean <laughs> what's the worst that happens if I do it? Like, you know. Greg, do it. All right, here we go. Name I like how
3: you're going to do it right this instant. Hey, I Mark. guess I'm, st- I guess I'm sticking around for a while. I'm I back know over right this.
4: this is
2: a very <laughs> odd story. In fact,
4: Mark, you got time to jump on
2: Skype? I yes. am on PCO. <laughs> and Brian, you're okay if I just mention that it's you, bro? I like
3: how Greg's doing like the Doogie Howser with it right now too. <laughs> uh,
2: amazingly funny dream. Where <laughs> we are all Is it a we? Was I there, Brian? No, don't right. involve me Okay, where he was at <laughs> Everyone but Jake was at C2E2 <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're hold
4: a on. little Marco Polo Session in the pool uh, like
3: we do at C2E2 <laughs> hey
2: Marco Polo Dream where everyone but Jake
3: I was joking, Greg You can you can leave that
2: Alright, hold on, I'm deleting that we are at C2E2. <laughs> and dot, dot, dot. I know this is weird.
3: I think that might be the best use of a dot, dot, dot I've ever heard uh, in my goddamn life.
2: But you shit in the pool. <laughs> I'm playing the Doogie
0: Hauser
3: music as he types. <laughs> nice, nice, nice.
2: Any... Uh, <clears throat> the audio... <laughs> <laughs> it is very funny, but Brian oh,
3: is concerned. Music, music
2: is concerned that if he airs it, you will be hurt and upset, <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't want to do that. <laughs> What are your thoughts? Uh, question mark. Brian did, not... <laughs> Brian did not ask me to write you. I took it upon myself. All right, here we go. I'm gonna hit. The, I'm gonna hit the send button. Are You ready? Yeah, right, send. So there's no taking it back. It's gone. Oh shit. You know I'm playing this too, right? (laughs) If we get the thumbs up,
3: I'm playing this too. Yeah, this is like the end of the podcast.
2: Mark was last online four hours ago. I was really hoping he would write us back like, oh.
3: Oh, you Facebook messaged him. I can actually see if he's going to pop up.
2: Yeah, I don't. It says he He was active. He he, He just went active. He just went green. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, and it says active now. It says active now. I know. Oh, that's what I'm oh, saying. Shit. Oh, shit. It's happening. Like, I'm pacing around the room.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
2: fascinating because we get to see in real time because he's obviously seen my message now. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> and now he's like, What the fuck is this?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, he's writing. He's writing. I've so- got the oh, three dots. <laughs>
3: oh. He's writing. Here it goes. You have my blessing, sir.
2: (laughs) He's still typing. Oh my god.
4: So I'd be honored to shit in Brian's mind pool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Brian's
3: mind pool.
2: (laughs) Oh my god. He's still typing, so this is obviously well thought out, whatever he's saying back.
3: It's more than an LOL. It's a measured response.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, can't, going. I can't believe this is a
3: thing that's happening right now. Yeah, this might be my favorite thing that's ever happened. <laughs> it's
2: so interactive. I just love that he got active immediately after. I read I know, I know. He that said Eric. It's green light. <laughs> green light. There we go.
3: We we got what, was, what was Mark's exact words? Let her rip. He said, let her rip.
0: Listen, I want us to cheer and act like and, and give a sigh of relief. Like we just like saved the crew of the Apollo 13, you know, like, <laughs> the, like no,
1: we did it. We did it.
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> like when the Mars orbiter landed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he said he he put the crying emoji, that's amazing, air it. <laughs> I love Mark. That's awesome. I love this guy. <laughs> I love that he says air it like it's an old old radio show, and he's like. Yeah. <laughs> Roll the tarot. <dirt. laughs> yeah. Put well, it well, on that you know, I'm actually going to have to go to work. <laughs>
1: I'm um, uh, at least two uh, hours late now. <laughs>
3: Okay, thank you so much. Look out for the movie with really bad special effects, and you'll know why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just tell work work that you had diarrhea.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Episode 462. There's
5: already like seven million.
3: It's a trap. Gonna
5: to toss it, to taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean erase it, let's embrace it, Tupperware aware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carry over to culture pushovers, pop culture leftovers. And the uncool kids, what's his da's already been said? Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Hi, it's Nick Swartzon, so, and welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. <gasps> Hey,
0: welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're The left-overs. leftovers. And Joe. What do you got? I like the cut of your jib, sir. <laughs>
4: That's always been one of my favorite compliments, so
0: thank you so much. Yeah, You know, wh- oh, here's the thing with uh, the whole uh, jib cutting. <laughs> we say it. Not so much the kids, you know, the kids. I don't know what they're saying these days. You know, years ago, they were on fleek. I don't know what the fuck they're doing now. I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> like they got stuff lit or like straight yeah. fire now, something they're like that. Straight fire lit. You know, they're twerking. They're on fire. You know, what kids <laughs> do, you know, playing Fortnite or whatever the fuck. And then, uh, but, uh, I don't even know if they know what, uh, I like the cut of your jib. Uh, that saying J- Joe what the fuck is a jib
4: uh, it's a it's a part of like a sail on like a sailboat uh, um, according to Google uh, in the 17th century the shape of the jib sail often identified a vessel's nationality and hence whether it was hostile or friendly
0: did you know I was going to ask that? You knew this whole thing. It, it was going to be Brian's going to ask me what the fuck a jib is. If it really I, feels like you knew I was going there.
4: <laughs> I knew what a jib sail was. I knew it was part of a sailboat, but I Googled it because I was like, I want to know more about what a jib sail is. And so I didn't know that it was uh, it was like an identifying mark for, on a ship's uh, nationality. Because if you think about it way back then, it was like what you can see through your spyglass on the horizon, this dot that's rapidly growing and coming towards you. You need to know identifying features on that craft and know if it's gonna be good or bad coming towards you. Yeah. You took all the fun out of my jib shit. <laughs> Sorry I like history. I got super excited for a sec.
0: Fuck. Why can't I get Jake back on here? He was kind of dumb. You know? <laughs> 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 anyway, <laughs> I'm fucking with you, Jake. Jake's not even listening. I'm not even worried. He might be listening to find out. He did enter the contest for the Dungeons & Dragons, so he might just be listening uh, for that to find out if he won.
4: Excellent. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So Anyway, if Jake ends up winning, this thing is not rigged. I swear I swear to God it's not rigged. I Part of me was like, I need to record myself clicking on these buttons to... Have the winners pull up just in case Jake wins because, like, people are going to think that I'm fucking rigging this thing for my buddy. And that is not the case. That is not the case.
4: Shenanigans.
0: Shenanigans. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever. Think what you want. If there's a scandal, there's a scandal. Christ. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Anyway. Kids these days, they aren't saying that. They aren't saying I like the cut of your jib. Are they, Joe? no generally not if they are they're very hip could we modernize it could we like could we like modernize it make it a little bit more hip to the to the kids could we be like like uh nice jib cut yo or something like i don't know like what what do we what do we (laughs) you're jibbing it up buddy (laughs) jibbing it up i like that cut that jib (laughs) Is is that cool Cut that Jib. Yeah. Well
4: it's like Yeah, I mean you they they're gonna do something with Jib, right?
0: <laughs> They'll probably make it dirty. Cardi B will probably talk about shoving one up in her coochie or something. <laughs> is she the one that did that wet ass pussy song? Is that her? What was that? Was that I think it was Cardi B and, and Meg the Stallion? It is. is Meg okay. Stallion. Yeah. I've never even heard the song. I know it's out oh, really? there. No, I don't I don't care. Like, like when shit like that comes out and it's all trendy and shit and everybody's like fucking like, you know, it makes me not want to listen. It makes me not oh, want to be man. in the conversation. <laughs> they used this
4: really great sample to like build the beat from it. And it like just takes me back to my days in college when I used to listen to Ghetto House and, and like go see DJs in Iowa City and stuff. And so right away, the first time I heard that song, I was like, oh, the beat to this is sick.
0: Oh, God. I need a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I I get answers to jib questions. I, you know, you're listening to wet ass pussy beats. Man, I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm No, the problem is I'm old Joe. That's the problem. That's the problem. I'm getting older. I'm, I'm right older. there
4: with you like I listen to new music on the radio and I'm like I don't like this shit I don't understand it I'm and like, it makes me feel old it's it's funny I'm talking and then about, I go back and listen yeah. to like my 90s playlist or you know something like
0: that yeah I'm like oh I'm really loving that new sound garden and it <laughs> came out in the 90s dude it's like <laughs> that's <laughs> that's where I'm stuck Anyway, Dude, I was just listening to Spoon Man in the car over the weekend. Ah, Spoon Man. Yeah, man. Uh, what's that one song? Is that Keep It Off My Wave? What the fuck's that song? Is that what he says? Yeah. Yeah, that song kicks ass, too.
4: Yeah, dude, Soundgarden was fucking great. Yeah, Chris Cornell,
0: rest in peace. That's he tragic. wasn't singing about pussies being wet. He just made them wet, Joe. <laughs> That is true. That is true, right? It's my kind of guy right there. Anyway, we're not alone. <laughs> we're not alone. <laughs> we got from the uh, from the band Volk, we've got Chris Lowe back on the podcast. Welcome, Chris.
6: Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm from Volk, bringing you the best new rock of 30 years ago. Yeah. Spoon Man.
0: Spoon Man, yeah. <laughs> Come together with your plan. Yeah. Isn't that song about, like, heroin? Or something. I think aren't, aren't they all? <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> I
4: thought it was about a guy in Seattle that played spoons, but maybe maybe I was just being very literal with the video. Yeah, yeah, that
6: as well. Right. The cool hey, thing Volk about him, is
4: new mu- Volk, is new music I like. Though you guys are fucking awesome.
6: Oh, thank you. But we're we're trying to go retro and just go back to the '80s, so.
4: Nice. Well, keep doing what you're doing, dude. I yeah. love that fucking that new video that you released a little while back with the I uh, fed animals. I play that yeah. for everybody.
6: Ah, oh, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you.
4: Yeah. I was, t- I was telling my brother, I'm like, this is my friend, Chris. He's like, how is it your friend? I'm like, he's my friend. I've talked to him. Fuck you. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
6: oh, don't worry. Don't worry, man. Um, say, say, no, it's, it's awesome.
0: Your brother doesn't think your podcast friends are real friends. Apparently. Yeah.
6: <laughs> I mean, I have family members who are never going to give a rat's ass about my music stuff, so it's just something you kind of come to accept. Yeah. But but I have the leftover army, and they make me feel, you know, good about myself and poor life decisions and low bank account numbers and things like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, yeah. Chris, I, I like the cut of your jib, sir. <laughs> thank you
6: Thank you. i didn't know what that meant
0: it's a nice I no clue. chip. i know i should have asked you I'm, i got fucking I know. i'm a geriatric millennial so fucking joe over there acting like he's kent jennings yeah. over on jeopardy and shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> i learned
6: i think the the big insult for gen z is i hope you step on a lego i think that's supposed to be really insulting for them
4: i like that
0: yeah Okay.
6: It is true. I hate sitting on, standing, uh, or stepping on a Lego.
0: Yeah, when I was a kid, and they were around. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grown ass fucking man. <laughs> You're a manly man. <laughs> a manly, You're a man's man. Man, I'm a man. I'm not a man's man. <laughs> You're a manly man. <laughs> I, I just, I look up, I look up to manly men. I admire manly men. I'm not one of them. You know, I wish I could be.
4: Brian goes camping. He doesn't even pack shirts. It's just a bunch of ripped up jeans and a hatchet. He can go around the woods like a manly man. I don't
0: go camping. Uh, Fuck Fuck camping. Don't
4: destroy the illusion.
0: Yeah, fuck bugs and shit. Snakes and shit.
6: Hey, man, the more you learn about John Wayne, you learn he was not a manly man. So it's all right. It was all just it was all just theater.
0: Yeah. I'm a huge puss. Moving on. Let's see here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do we got? Ah, we gotta go over some contest winners, uh, for, uh, the last, uh, few contests. And I got a new contest so we're gonna go over here in a moment. But, uh, let's go over the winners for, uh, what is this? 80 for Brady? Yeah, we're doing 80 for Brady. I got, uh, got five, uh, 80 for Brady Blu ray copies. Going to be giving out here. Joe, can you write these down for me? Yep, I got you. Awesome. Here we go. Winner number one, Adam Cornette. Number two, Jeremy Hill. Number three, Monica Garola. (laughs) It's not a contest if Monica's not winning. Yeah, no shit. Number four, Larry Mayday. And the final winner is Alfredo Tostado. Those are your five winners for the physical Blu-ray copies of "80 for Brady." I believe it's on a. Uh, is it on Peacock? It might be on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over the winners for Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I got five digital codes to give out here, and I do want to thank everybody that entered. We got a lot more entries for uh, uh, the uh, Dungeons and Dragons and uh, the Scream 6, so I appreciate the entries, everybody. Here we go. First winner for Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, William Dixon. William Dixon, you win a digital copy. Number two, Andrew Burke. Andrew Burke. Number three, Linda Itani. Linda Itani. Number four, Josh Davis. And number five, James. He just goes by James. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like fucking madonna or share or some yeah. shit but he's,
6: like, he's bono he's he's the edge he's so cool
0: james yeah so there's your see i don't rig this shit if i rigged it jake would have won jake didn't win shit come again jake anyway so yeah those are your five winners for dungeons and dragons honor among thieves fantastic movie if you haven't seen it Uh now we're going to go over the winners for the digital codes for Scream 6. First winner is AC. So apparently someone entered their air conditioning unit into the contest. It's
4: like AC Slater.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, They're so cool. What's that? They're so cool. Yeah. AC Slater. I've said this fact from the podcast before, but AC Slater would tell you that AC stands for Absolutely Charming. But when his father, the drill sergeant, showed up to Bayside, he revealed that it stood for Albert Clifford and everyone laughed. Oh, well, yeah, poor A.C. Slater and his fucking (laughs) his cute little dimples and his rippling biceps. Yeah,
6: Sting's real name is like Gordon or something like that.
0: Are you just throwing out random names here, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Minnie Driver's real name is uh, Minnie. I can't fucking remember. Michael Keaton's (laughs) real name is Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Jean-Claude Van Damme's real name is like Jean Varenberg or some hmm. shit.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I think I was just like, because, like, man, Sting, you you, you chose a pretty cool name over Gordon. Did you give yourself that name?
0: Yeah, I mean, what woman wants to, like, in the throes of passion, like, belt out, oh, Gordon? (laughs) (laughs) Give it to me, Gordy. Plow me, Gordon. Plow me, Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) Fill me up, Gordon watch me gordon watch me ah spank that ass gordon (laughs)
6: give me that message in a bottle
0: i want two fingers gordon Mm. three fingers now gordon (laughs) that was hot uh how many uh, (laughs) this episode's terrible (laughs)
4: All right. So um, it, I'm still laughing at Chris saying, watch me, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I was
6: trying to make puns. I'm trying to be Paul Hart. Never mind. I didn't say that out loud. <sighs> it was all it was all Brian. Uh,
0: let's see here. So an air conditioning unit one. <laughs> Tammy Hatfield. You win. Uh, number three, Rob Forrest. Number nice. four, Ryan Bradshaw. And finally, hey, Leo Bateman. Leo. Leo. So, those are your five winners for Scream 6. And we do have a new contest uh, this week it's for uh, five Blu ray copies of uh, Yellowstone Season 5. Head back to the ranch and dive into the first eight episodes of Yellowstone Season 5, along with never-before-seen content that includes exclusive interviews with cast and crew. In these featurettes, we explore the fan-favorite relationships of Rip and Beth and Casey and Monica, an in-depth look at the iconic music of Yellowstone, the process of bringing the Yellowstone world to life, and more, and you can own it On DVD and Blu-ray on May 9th, you can also enter our contest for Yellowstone Season 5. All you have to do is I'm going to be sending sending out a Yellowstone tweet and a Yellowstone Facebook post. All you have to do is uh, retweet it or share it on Facebook. Screenshot that you did. Send me the screenshot to contest at popcultureleftovers.com with the title Yellowstone. And, uh, you'll be entered to win one of five Blu-ray copies of Yellowstone Season 5. So there you go. I, I know it's a good show. It's got a huge following. They've got multiple spinoffs. Taylor Sheridan, I think, is the guy behind all these. I think it's him. But man, it's, uh, if you're a Yellowstone fan and you want, to, uh, you want to own it at home, uh, this is your opportunity. Uh, so definitely enter the contest.
1: He's the an East boy. there you
4: go, there they are. It's really fun. a whole universe of stuff. would it be yeah. like the
0: yellow verse, the Yellowstone universe? Oh my God, I think it's called uh, the Joe, I think you should go there right now. Why would... <laughs> don't you
2: back up and go to the Yellowstone universe? <laughs> Pretty I'm sure it's the Sheridan verse. Learn to ride a horse
0: Ah boy. They're gonna be they gonna be a long episode. <laughs> Giddy up! <laughs> anyway, man, Joe, how long have you been married? Uh, since two
4: thousand five. Wow! So what have
6: congratulations,
0: you eighteen years now. Yeah,
4: yeah, it'll be eighteen years in in September. Jesus,
0: Chris, how long have you been with uh, with your with your lady?
6: Five years. I hope I got that number right. Five years. Five years. Yeah. Our anniversary is tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. Is that a thing that men say to other men about their anniversary? Happy anniversary. Is that more of like, you know what I mean? Do men say that? We can. We can, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is it manly?
6: Masculinity is a prison. You know, just just say what you want. It's a safe space. It's a really good way to put it.
0: No, it's, yeah. it's, 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 I don't, I really, I, I don't want to be viewed at, as a pussy, Chris. Uh, <laughs> so I'm legitimately asking.
4: <laughs> it's it's okay to hug a kitten and cry at commercials.
0: You can still be a man. It, no, it is not. I, <laughs> it is not, Joe. I'm telling you, man, it is not. You can't
4: do that. You, i do those things i can fucking start a fire from fucking scratch i could go out and hunt and cook i'd like hunt kill cook my own yeah but food. i could do all this manly shit and i am also in touch with my emotions so yeah but you're fucking you're
0: fucking you're married for 18 fucking years i don't think Lindsay's gonna be leaving you if you start crying at hugging kittens and shit <laughs> but you're seeing somebody for fucking two weeks and shit and you start bawling like a fucking puss hole I, I think she's going to be up. like, I think she's going to bail.
4: Yeah, I'm like explaining the plot line to Demon Slayer and crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on man. <a> date.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. That's way too much, way too fucking early. Like you, if you're going to put a beautiful story. Yeah. But if you're going to puss out, you need to wait a few years, man. You can you need to lock that shit down. That is a
4: good point. And, and you know what? Is that the guy's fault that, that he's being judged for being emotional on that point? Because it's like, what do you want? I think masculinity is
0: a prison, man. No, be, bro. D- Take a hit of this joint, bro. Oh man. No, no, no. Chris, I am not subscribing to that. I'm <laughs> like <laughs> there is no way if if I if you start seeing somebody new and you're watching a movie and it's an emotional movie, if you're the if if you if she's not crying and you're the guy crying, man, I'm telling you chances are she's not going to she's going to she's going to tell her girlfriends, "Oh, he was crying."
6: he didn't want it to work out anyways, you know? I I knew Colleen was the one because she brought me – our second date was was Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and she brought me spaghetti to the viewing. I was like, damn, this
4: girl rules. You ate spaghetti in a movie theater? Outside the movie theater.
0: (laughs) I was like, that's the weirdest shit I've ever heard. No, well, there's an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie brings in a plastic baggie full of spaghetti and eats it (laughs) in the theater. He just carries around with him all day and eats it throughout the entire episode. <laughs>
6: what, what, what's what's the clerk's quote? Like, not all girls will bring you spaghetti. Most of them will just cheat on you. It was lasagna. Yeah,
0: lasagna. Oh, lasagna. <laughs> it's completely void then. Never mind. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still not going to puss out <laughs> on a, on a, on a, on like, you know, with, you know, early. Wait. Wait, Joe, Joe has Joe has the pass. He's he's you're locked in, you know, it's fine. But Joe, would you have fucking what What do you think Lindsay would have thought if you would have like watched the movie like with like on your like first or second date and you start crying?
4: Oh, yeah. No. When I look at it from that angle, no, I'm totally more on board with you where it's like, oh, you probably got to lock that shit down. Probably got to get to know somebody a little better before you cry over something like a movie.
6: I mean, granted, you probably shouldn't be, like, just going out dating quite yet. You probably should be, like, you know, finding out more about yourself and stuff like that if that's the first thing you're going to do. But I think of it, I mean, like, hey, here's my big stack of Marvel comic books that I've collected. And, you know, I I play really goofy songs and things like that and make no money. I feel like that's the least of my worries if I start crying. No, I think –
0: I think, well – I think like yeah, if like if if I can let like if I can like you know let somebody know like okay I'm into this shit and they're cool with that that's fine, but just like fucking like you know crying at a movie on like it, it's a turn off. <laughs> it's a turn off.
6: How big is the cry? Like, is it just a tear on the eyes? Like, is it like hardcore sobbing?
0: I think anything. I think even just misting up a little bit. I think anything. They, <laughs> You know, they, like seriously, I think, like, I think in their brain they're thinking, "I'm gonna let this guy fuck me." <laughs> come here, cry baby. Come here, give me that hard dick, you cry baby. Like, come on. But then maybe they're into the crying during sex. Some women just want a fucking man with a hard dick, Chris. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> they don't want a flaccid cry baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you know I, so for a while what i'm gonna do is that i'm gonna i'm gonna sell them on that's what you're getting you're getting you're getting a hard dick <laughs> masculine man the next thing you know fucking five years later we're watching the notebook and i'm bawling like a bitch <laughs> 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 that
4: is that is a good point though you should probably have like a zero tolerance policy on like i gotta lock down any misty <laughs> any misty-eyed emotions where yeah. it's like no 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 like it's it's too soon you're gonna scare them away exactly
6: man don't go too far in the other direction and you're like biff on a first date and you're like picking on the
0: kid no it's <laughs> not like that it's not like that you're not trying to like sell i think i think you're just trying to sell that that you're 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 I mean, there's one thing being in touch with your emotions, right? There's another thing just like full-on crying on like a movie date. (laughs) Yes. Come on, man. Come on.
4: (laughs) Don't want to be like Biff on a date. That's so funny. (laughs) Just like picking our kids. I just
6: Pull not, your own I chair
4: think, out. I'm imagining Brian at a date at a movie theater.
6: That's he's
0: not. Like, no.
6: He's like Allie and the Outsiders, and he's like picking on kids.
0: I'm not tapping on somebody's head saying McFly or any of that bullshit. <laughs> Come on. Calling her a butthead. <laughs> you're taking it to the other extreme. I'm I just know, saying yeah. don't fucking cry the first fucking like few months that you're seeing somebody. Don't let them see that side of you yet. Don't let them. Don't let them see that yet. Uh-uh no way uh uh-uh. ain't for me I, I
4: think that's fair
0: yeah
4: <laughs> it, it's been so long since i've had like single dating brain that i, I don't even know how to think like that anymore so i'm just like i'm myself all the time <laughs> yeah
0: and then you got you know and then she dumps you then you got to learn a whole brand new vagina because it's i it, i'm telling you not all vaginas are the same They're, they're different. So, what you did with one vagina, she might not like it on hers. Now, you gotta, (laughs) you gotta learn a whole brand new vagina. I feel like learning new vaginas is like every time Daniel LaRusso had to fight a new opponent. Like, he couldn't go back in there with the same (laughs) crane kick bullshit that he was using on, you know, Johnny. Now he's gotta go up against this new guy and he's gotta, he's got uh, new techniques that he's gotta learn. And that's the yes. same way it is with the vagina, because oh yeah, she liked, uh, the, she liked, the, she liked the up and down motion there. This, no, this one likes, you know, three fingers and a thumb up the butt. You know, it's like it's all different. Now I gotta learn. Now I gotta learn a whole new fucking vagina and what this. One likes, Jesus Christ, just because I fucking cried watching The Notebook. God
6: damn it. <laughs> but then you learn then you learn in the process that her kink is for you to cry while orgasming.
0: Oh, God. I uh, think you're, you're in a paradox. That's – that's uh, any, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be with a woman that wants to see me cry as I climax. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the internet
6: has showed that there's a kink for everything.
0: Yeah, there definitely is. Definitely is. I do What are we doing? Ah, oh, we gave out some free shit and gave out horrible advice. It's <laughs> 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 the best episode yet. It's not. It's not. I <laughs> kinda wanna put this one to bad. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Let's see here. You guys ready to jump into good pop, bad pop? Do it. Yeah. Oh it's time for more leftover reviews with good pop bad pop Mm, good pop bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read sometimes we rate these things and if this is your first time listening we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system
5: The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All
0: right. First thing, uh, this is one of those movies. Chris, I didn't have this on the list for you. It was just something that me and Joe kind of saw separately. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sisu, I don't know if you saw it or not. Me? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. Oh, know if no, you no, never heard of it. Saw it on your own. Uh, Sisu. Uh, during the last days of World War II, a solitary prospector crosses paths with Nazis on a scorched earth retreat in northern Finland. When the soldiers decide to steal his gold, they quickly discovered they just tangled with no ordinary miner. It's a historical action film written and directed by Jalmari Halander, set in Finnish Lapland during World War II. Uh, the film follows, uh, yeah, a gold prospector and, uh, he finds a uh, fuck ton of gold and, uh, Nazis come across him and, uh, discover that he's got the gold and threaten him. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's from the producers of John Wick. So you can kind of, Guess where this movie's going. It's basically this one man who's almost like a John Wick character set in this World War II setting going around and just violently killing Nazis throughout the entire movie. Uh, it stars Yorma, uh, Tamila, Henney, Jack Doolin, and Mimosa Willamo. And uh, Joe, what did you think of Sisu?
4: OK, I saw the trailer for this in front of John Wick and the first trailer was the red band trailer and it blew me away. I mean, talk about a great red band trailer for a movie. Um, I mean, you pretty much covered it in in the summary of this is this. This guy's out prospecting for gold. He strikes it huge. He comes across retreating German soldiers. They try to take his gold and then he's not having any of it. And this movie is incredibly violent it is incredibly bloody. The kills in it are are very inventive. And I loved this movie from beginning to end. It felt like it felt like a cross between like a, a John Wick movie and like a spaghetti western, the way that it's presented. Uh, it has these title cards every so often in it that tells you names of different chapters. I think it's what is it, five or six chapters overall.
0: I think it was six.
4: And, yeah. And uh the, the pacing in this movie, man, it just flies in the main character. He's, he's a man of very few, if any words, but he is absolutely a man of action. And they. These these Germans, there's like two different groups of them. He comes across a large group and they let him go past and then he comes across a smaller group and they're the ones that he has trouble with and and his troubles with them attract the larger group that then starts coming after him and. There are a handful of women that they have taken captive and they know immediately who this guy is because it turns out that he's like a former commando that had killed hundreds of Russian soldiers by himself. And even like German high command is like telling these people in the tank that, that are following him to just fucking leave him alone, that he's one tough bastard and they don't want anything to do with them. But, they know he's got this gold and they want it because they think that that's their ticket out. And so they foolishly keep pursuing this guy and, and he just doesn't want to give up. And, and it's fantastic. The name of this movie, Sisu, the, the women that the Germans have captives say that, that this man has this, like the way that they would describe him is this word. That's not, it doesn't translate. And it basically means like when you've reached this point of ultimate hopelessness, You absolutely refuse to give up and you just keep going. And that's the quality that this main character has. Um, I've seen some criticisms of this online with people being like, oh, it's not realistic enough. Like this guy would just do this and and actually be. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. Who goes to see a movie like this and complains about realism? Like, I fucking loved this movie. I can't wait to buy it. It's something I'm going to watch again and again, just like I do the John Wick movies, because it's it's. It's fantastic. Not only has it got really, really great action in it, but it's also got a really compelling story. And the main character is just so cool and inspiring to watch, to just see somebody who's got insurmountable odds around him, but he just keeps going. It's, it's a very cool character. And I love this movie. Can't wait to see it again. Absolute fucking Tupperware
0: from me. OK, yeah. Um I I I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Uh from the trailers, I thought it was actually gonna be a little bit more crazy and over the top. You said like some people had problems with uh the lack of realism. Like I wanted more insane shit in this movie. Um and I think coming off of John Wick 4, this just didn't have enough for me. I'm I'm gonna high taste it, Joe. I, I really did enjoy the movie a lot. Um and uh gets pretty gory at parts and he's got a dog that follows him and i was like worried for the dog and i i I think i would watch this again but um it's i didn't love it as much as you i wish that there was a lot more just insane action and 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 a lot and a lot more kills i would like to see him just wipe out even more nazis but um I liked it quite a bit, though. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And he did not talk until the very end of the movie. And <laughs> yes. throughout the entire movie, he's, he goes speechless and he does say something at the very end. And like, it's the perfect thing to say. It was so it was funny. Um, yeah. It made me laugh out loud. Yeah. So, no, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I, I really did. I did like it. It just I wish, it, dude, they could have gone even they could have ramped it up even more and made it even more crazy because that, that's what I got from the trailer. And I guess the movie just didn't live up to like what I had in my head as far as like how crazy it was going to get.
4: <laughs> dude, that shit that goes on when he's underwater, though, was fucking wild. I've never seen nothing like that in yeah. a movie or a, a scene where people are fighting underwater. And what yeah. he does to stay under longer is it blew. My that mind.
0: was fucking cool. It was almost like he was like, there's moments where he's like jaws. Cause <laughs> yes. you would, you would just see, you know, blood rise up from the top. Like, you, yeah, know. you see
4: another soldier go in yeah. to like try and get him. And all you see is just bloody bubbles come up and it's yeah. like, oh shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was I I did enjoy the movie quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, but I'll give it a high taste it. And I w- I would watch it again, Joe. Maybe I'll like it more the second time. So
4: I bet this is one that cuz you know, the next time you watch it, you're not going to go in with those expectations where you just yeah. wait for something bigger to happen. Yeah. So maybe it'll settle into a better rating just watching it without you know, those high expectations. And how would you feel about watching a movie that was like a prequel with like this same character that at the earlier point of his life where he's like killing all these Russian soldiers?
0: Yeah, I the, don't know. They'd have they probably have to cast a younger actor. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I like this guy.
4: Yeah, this guy was great, man. He that, that grizzled old man. He was able to really, really pull
0: it off. Yeah, man. I don't know what his acting is like, but I was just like he just reminds me of like um little bit of Stephen Lang, you know?
4: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: He's got that look. Yeah. Uh, I went and saw... Uh, this is one that I didn't put on the list for you guys. I, I It was the last week of it being in the theater, and I'd, I've i really been enjoying Guy Ritchie movies as of late. I loved Wrath of Man, and I loved Operation Fortune. And uh, he had a new movie come out with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal called... Uh, it's, it's called Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, and... uh it's an action thriller film co-written, produced and directed by Guy Ritchie. And it stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salim. And it follows a former U.S. Special Operations Sergeant and Afghanistan war veteran, John Kinley, who returns to uh, to the country to rescue the interpreter who once saved his life from the Taliban. And uh, so, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is playing John Kinley. And this actor, Dar Saleem, is playing his interpreter in this movie, Ahmed. And um, yeah, I got to see this one. There's only another per- only one other person in the theater. And my God, this is, it's based on a true story. You get to see like photos of the, the real guys at the end of the movie based on a true story. Just an incredible fucking story, man. Incredible. Um, How uh, John Kinley's been over there for a while And him and his men Have a really close bond Their last interpreter was killed In an attack And um, they get this new interpreter And Ahmed is really He's an interpreter But he also Like he can kind of tell When he's talking to somebody If they're lying or not If they're bullshitting him or not and uh, they basically are promised that if they interpret for the for the U.S. Army, that uh, they'll get visas uh, and be able to live in America after the war's over, after they're sent back. Because, I mean, they're viewed by the Taliban as traitors for being interpreters for the U.S. military, and they really don't have a place there after it's all over. Um, so they're all doing this to get their family, them and their families out of the country. And so they bring on this new interpreter and, uh, they're told about this. They're, they're trying to find where the Taliban are making weapons and bombs. And they, they, they hear about this one area. And so Jake Gyllenhaal believes, uh, that, uh, They got to go this one route because he's being told by one of the soldiers, go this one route. And Ahmed is saying, I think it's an ambush. I think the guy who's giving you this information, who's also uh, from Afghanistan, he's like, I think this is an ambush. Jake Gyllenhaal sends out drones and finds out that, yes, it's an ambush. And I mean, starts to trust Ahmed a little bit more, but still, I mean, it's a rocky relationship at first. Anyway, they do find the place where they're making bombs and they are ambushed by the Taliban and um, all of his men are killed except for him and the interpreter. And he gets shot up pretty bad and the interpreter keeps him alive while trying to get him back to the military, his men and like the shit that this guy does to keep him alive is just incredible, saves his life. And then Jake Gyllenhaal wakes up in a hospital back in America. And he's like, four weeks later, and he's like, I've got to I've got to get this guy out of there. Because now the guy's heralded um, by by townspeople that hate the Taliban. They love him and they're trying to protect him and keep him safe and hidden. But the Taliban, he's like, He's like number one on their hit list. So Jake Gyllenhaal basically like takes remortgages his house, does everything he can to get back to Afghanistan and bring this guy out of there. And um, it is absolutely Anthony Starr is in this movie, Joe. Oh, nice! Yeah, he shows up later in this movie, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's Anthony Starr!" I would not have recognized him. Like, he's he's got a beard. He looks. He's like a military type dude, and it just looked totally different. But this is an absolute Tupperware. It's a beautiful fucking story. Um, the action is incredible. Um, I was moved, man. It's a it's 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 an incredible story, and uh, I highly recommend that it. if it's still playing in your theaters, watch it. But it should be out on VOD soon. But yeah, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant—it's an absolute Tupperware. Loved it.
4: Awesome. Yeah, I want to see that one, man. The trailers looked incredible. I just didn't have time to get to the theater for it, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 very very good. Um, let's see here. Fired on Mars is on HBO Max. Jeff Cooper has it all, a fulfilling career as the graphic designer for a space startup Marsley, a relationship with his soon to be red planet bound girlfriend, Hannah. And well, maybe that's it. But when his bosses unceremoniously eliminate his role, Jeff finds himself jobless and unable to return to Earth. Uh, It's an adult animated science fiction comedy television series created by Nate Sherman and Nick Vokey. Uh, for HBO Max, uh, it's based on it on their 2016 animated short film of the same name. It's got a pretty good voice cast here. Uh, Luke Wilson plays Jeff Cooper. Uh, Tim Heidecker plays his boss, Darren. Um, Cedric Yarbrough, uh, from Reno 911 plays a, a character named Jackson. I think, uh, Thomas Hayden Church is in this as well. Stephen Root is in this. Uh, it's got a, Pretty good voice cast, but I wanted to know what you guys thought about Fired on Mars. Chris, what'd you think? You know, I think, I was as you were talking, I think I'm going
6: to give this a Tupperware, because I think it was the one I most enjoyed the most watching this week and didn't expect it at all um, from just watching the trailer. But I was watching it late one night, and I got through three episodes, and I loved the office space on Mars vibes. Like I was convinced for a while, like I started doing research was like, is this my judge? Like this feels like idiocracy office space. And maybe the animation is a little King of the Hill, but I loved like the whole corporate stooge thing, the mid management nonsense. And like, like not the TPS stuff from office space, but like kind of the same things of just like, Oh, this paperwork has to be done for this thing. And like, whenever they would like, Obviously, being fu- fucking over Jeff, that would be just like it's because we were intimidated by you. We need, we knew we needed to ch- challenge you, so we're going to give you the this position. Uh, you're going to take over for the sleeping guy, and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I I dug it a lot. I'm definitely going to finish it. So I'll give it Tupperware.
0: Yeah, I'm through six episodes, man. I I I, I had a, excuse me, I'm going to cough. Joe, you go ahead.
4: Yeah, I I. This, this wasn't for me it didn't click with no. me at all um, I I had a hard time getting through even one episode I couldn't mm. imagine watching another one um, I, I didn't think there was any funny in it to be found for me uh, this mm. this was a toss it for me but um, may, maybe it's maybe it has some redeemable qualities if, if you really loved it that much but it could just be my taste on the on it's just totally different but yeah yeah I, I kind of like, I, I watched the first half and, like, hate watched the latter half. <laughs> oh, like, man. Oh, God. I'm not liking this at all.
6: Oh. I dug it. I'm not sure what it was. I just kind of, I think I just like that office space thing and just like the whole, like, yeah, the bosses and just how crappy they were and like the, like, the, it like how people would just turn on each other and just, I don't know. Maybe it reminded me of like being in a dysfunctional workplace or something. It was like, oh, that's exactly right. <laughs>
0: I'm, I fall more in line with Chris on this one. Um, I yeah. watched, uh, I think I've, I think I've watched six episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first three episodes were kind of, like, really hard to watch because, like, it was so hard watching this guy, like, (laughs) just fucking get shit on. (laughs) Every time. Everyone's shitting on him. Like, you know, his coworkers basically snub him after he gets fired. He's wanting to, you know, still be a part of the, like... He's fired, but he's on Mars, and there's nothing to do. It's not like you can go find another... You know, it, it, you can't it's not like Earth where you're like, OK, I can try to find another job somewhere in the city or I can go out in the city. I can, you know, at le- he's stuck in this in a work environment. The entire place is basically a work environment and he's stuck there jobless. And, um, you know, his girlfriend back at home is you know, she's, she's basically, I feel like she's striking up another relationship with somebody else while he's gone. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, and she's not wanting to go to Mars now and he's stuck up there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at a high tasted on this one. I, the more I kept watching it and like, he does find a friend with Jackson and mm-hmm. things start to get a little bit better for him. He starts to fall in with a new group that's kind of going against what corporate's doing and trying to build their own thing on Mars. And so I'm, I'm really interested in that side of it. Um, uh, and I think that Luke Wilson's doing a great job. Tim Heidecker's perfect. I, I'm a big fan of, you know, Tim and Eric and, um, just any oh, okay. anything tim heidecker's been involved in and okay. i think he just plays the perfect asshole boss in this as darren mm. and uh i'm with you chris I, i'm enjoying it quite a bit i'm gonna finish this one so i give it same a, same I, yeah i give it a high taste it yeah. it's it's one of these i've been watching week to week i think i still have to watch the newest episode but i'm really digging it so yeah fired on mars on hbo max nice king of collectibles on netflix uh six episode season it's a reality se- uh, reality show kind of a kind of like a uh kind of like a pawn stars kind of thing where uh you get to it's an auction house uh online auction house uh, it's uh, uh the series stars uh founder and executive chairman Ken Golden and his team from Golden Auctions the world's largest collectibles marketplace Ken is um Basically, a lot of sports memorabilia. Uh, They do get some uh, pop culture memorabilia, some, you know, I think they had some music memorabilia that they sell on their online auctions. And uh, these are things that can be that can be very valuable. Um, They do a lot of trading cards, very hard to find trading cards, chase cards, things like that. Uh, Joe, did you recognize Dave Ammerman? No, I did not. Yeah, one of the guys that works for Golden is uh Dave Ammerman. He was he played twelve pack on I Love New York.
4: Oh, <laughs> I
0: didn't I didn't catch
4: I Love New York.
0: Oh okay. Did you watch uh he well he played twelve pack on uh he played Dave on uh Daisy of Love.
4: Okay, yes. Then now I didn't know who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. He actually, I knew that he worked for Golden because I used to. I, I was listening to it was called uh, Talk of Love, and I think it was called Talk of Love. And it was uh, one of the girls from Rock of Love does her own her own podcast, and she would interview all the of uh, Rock of Loves, you know, Flavor of Love, all the all the people that were on the show. So she did a podcast, and she had Dave on, and he was talking about how he worked for Golden Auctions and things like that. Now, and so. He's back on TV doing this. I, it's fine. It's a taste. It. It's all right. I, I watched all six episodes. It's. It's. It, they're about thirty minutes plus a piece, and they're easy to watch. But I don't think like the 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 people at Golden are just. I don't think they're. I just don't think they, think they have like the likable characters that you find on like the other shows. Like, um, you know, I watched Pawn Stars. Uh, I know it's all fake. I know they're all acting for the most part and it's all, it's all fake, but, and I know Chum Lee is a piece of shit in real life, but he was, you know, they were fun to watch on the show. I just don't think this show has the characters. And so, and that's what I kind of look for is like the characters that they're playing, even though it's reality TV. And it just, I was more interested in the items that they were bringing to auction. You know, um, uh, you know, they had a Kobe Bryant signed, game worn jersey they had a lebron card that had uh pieces of his uh, uh jerseys from all three teams that he had been on and uh and uh, they had they had some they had some other cards i didn't care about some like what is it f1 race car card i didn't i don't i don't know anything about race car driving so i didn't care about that but i don't know it the show's fine um it's a taste it for me uh i don't know if i'd watch a second season but uh that's where i'm at with king of collectibles joe what do you think
4: yeah i'm right there with you i watched a couple episodes of it all of is all and um for for me it's like that's when you said like the real value in this show is if you're interested in collectibles and you just want to see what sort of stuff they're going to show and talk about that's where this show shines um otherwise it is it's just more manufactured drama reality show kind of crap <laughs> It it is very reminiscent of like pawn stars or something like that um it, it's i think that this is a great sort of show that you can put on in the background when you're like cleaning the house or or you know fold laundry or something like that it's good chore television because you don't really have to pay that close of attention to it and the times that you do you might learn a fun fact about a collectible uh but uh yeah this is it, it's a taste it and you know, for me, it's like I, I I rarely ever watch this sort of television anyway, so it's it's a weird one for me to to rate because like I, I never really watch Pawn Pawn Stars and stuff like that, but it is it's right in that same vein where you know if if you like this sort of TV, you'll probably like this, and it's on Netflix, it's it's readily available, but it's not going to blow anybody's uh you know it's not going to bl- blow anybody away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, Chris, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I have nothing
6: else to offer. It's a toss up for me personally. Like I think you got to be it's a niche thing if you like collecting um it, I could tell you could tell like cuz like did you guys rehearse this any before you like kind of try to do your little acting thing with each other of talking about selling this thing or trying to buy this thing. Um just like rich people with too much money to spend. It felt like I mean the Jackie Robinson stuff actually I did find kind of interesting. But um actually i I guess i would continue to see what ended up happening with the jersey um but nah i'm not gonna watch it again
0: yeah i i watched it more for the items than i did yeah a a show like this honestly like i know it's all fabricated i know that they know if they have a deal in place i know that they Mm -hmm. they don't know what the actual auction's gonna go for i'm sure but there's a lot of things like they know if somebody's going to go with golden auctions. There's no doubt they're mm-hmm. trying to create like drama and I get that. And I'm fine with it. I, I'm mostly there. Like when I watched Pawn Stars, I was there for the history lesson on what these people were bringing in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's
4: where those shows shine for sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you,
0: I mean, if you're going to have a show like that, you also need to have interesting characters. Like yeah. the people that are running the place. And Ken Golden just – I wasn't really – I wasn't really connecting with him. I wasn't connecting with his, you know, silver spoon-fed daughter. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Jump on another jet airline, buddy. All you right? know, yeah, I, I just wasn't <laughs> really connecting with the characters in this one. So, you know, you know
4: never, i know I I rolled pretty hard when he's like, I'm going to jump on my private – jet and go open a bunch of packs of baseball or basketball cards
0: and i was like oh drake
6: really yeah conveniently the jordan card is at the end
0: yeah and then well he he fucking he went out and uh, opened a bunch of pokemon cards with jake paul and uh like okay all right so i guess you know (laughs) whatever i'd love to hear him talk about pokemon cards that'd be hilarious though Uh, he just cares about the values they were just looking for like this one specific charizard card and
6: (laughs) it seems like with those kind of shows you got to have somebody who's charismatic or you got to have like train wrecks like what's that 90 day fiance or something like that (laughs) like
0: yeah i wish yeah like his daughter i wish she would have been like showing up to work like all fucking like Coked out of her fucking gourd, you know, like yeah. drunk or uh, ah. Yeah. Here, here's here's the boss's daughter, and she's like sl- yeah. slurring her words and shit. We're like, not going
6: to get any good good memes like that motorcycle show one.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, the <laughs> fucking uh, Orange County Choppers. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I used to watch a little bit of that every once in a while. I watched uh I, oh i mean i was a I, I watched storage wars like it was nobody 's business man, for a while <laughs> <laughs> Yep. anyway awesome. uh, White House plumbers on h uh, b o Max got a confession i didn't watch this one. I apologize guys oh time got away <laughs> okay. time got away from me, I started to watch it, and then I got distracted, and I never got back to it. Uh, Watergate masterminds and President Richard Nixon's political operatives E. Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy, part of the White House plumbers, charged with plugging press leaks by any means necessary, accidentally overturning the presidency they were trying to protect. Uh, it's a satirical political drama television Series created and written by Alex Gregory and Peter Hick and directed by David Mandel based on the 2007 book Integrity by Eagle Krogh and Matthew Krogh. Uh, it stars Woody Harrelson, Justin Thoreau, uh, Donald Gleason, Kieran and Shipka and Lena Hetty. And uh, yeah, I didn't watch this one. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to you guys and you can tell me what you thought of White House Plumbers and if I should be watching it. Joe, what would you think?
4: I thought that the acting in this was fantastic. Like Woody Harrelson as uh, E Howard Hunt and Justin Thoreau as G Gordon Libby or Liddy, they just play this oddball like couple that that are thrown together, that they didn't want to work together. One's ex CIA, the other's ex FBI, but they both just want to rise up in the ranks and and be recognized. Um, Woody Harrelson's character of E Howard Hunt had had previously been he'd been in the cia and he was in charge of like the bay of pigs that that went horrendously and so he got booted out of the cia and so he's feeling like this is his chance to get back in and they just want to do things to 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 help out the president in any way they can and like woody harrelson's character is just this absolutely like Staunch supporter of of the president and he he hates hippies and anything to do with you know like uh anything with like a, a left kind of point of view, whereas like the the Gordon Liddy character played by Justin Thoreau is he's like obsessed with Germany and like Hitler and, and but he's no. like not a Nazi but like he's he's obsessed with like germany and stuff and so it makes for these really interesting situations i only watched the first episode so far and as far as a period piece goes they do a fantastic job it, it, with the the costume the all the locations and everything i mean it really makes you feel like you're there in this kind of early 70s setting where they're going through but man the satire in this really comes through because it goes right to the edge of being silly but then it still keeps being this kind of serious show at the same time. It was a really fun watch. Um, just basing it off the first episode, I'm going to give it a taste it. Uh, it is something that I would go back and watch. I think it's going to be a four or five part series at all is also I might wait till the whole thing's wrapped up and then finish it that way rather than watch it week to week. Uh, but I thought it was a really strong um, series premiere. So taste it
0: for me. Taste it. OK, uh, Chris, what would you think?
6: Yeah, I'm gonna go with low-tasted. I feel bad that I only lost. I only watched the first episode too, and I don't know if it was late at night, so I don't feel like I gave it justice. Of like, because it is like there's a lot of information and stuff like that, and it's historical drama and things like that. So it's like something you gotta give good attention to. But um, as far as like political satires, like I'm, I mean, I love the one uh, Stalin that came a couple years back, and I. have kind of going for that. And it should be a right up my alley. Like one of my favorite podcasts is uh, uh, after PCL, of course, uh, behind the bastards where he just will go into these things of like, really these huge, you know, global political um, shockwaves. Things will happen because of just sheer and utter stupidity, like Oliver North and Niner Aaron Contra and the Dulles brothers and CIA and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It's just like the laughs weren't really hitting, Um, when they would come up and things for me, like, but thorough does G Gordon Liddy so well. Like I used to growing up in East Texas and he like, listened to like, like, um, I'm not getting political. I'm just saying I grew up in an environment where conservative. Here we go. Here we go.
0: Here we go.
6: So Uh. I would listen to G Gordon Liddy as a kid and it's like, oh my God, he sounds like him. He's, he has his nuances. He really got into the character. So props to throw on that one. Um but I'll give it a taste it. I just I I think it's just like one you wanna you it it can't be a show that you have on in the background. Okay you gotta give your attention to it.
0: You gave it a low taste it, now you went to taste
6: it? Oh. I'll give it a taste it. I I blame myself more. Because I love all the actors in there.
0: Okay. All right. Kind of a little roller coaster of a rating there. I'm sorry. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Look, man, I'm getting married this month. There's a lot of stuff going on. I, I think I think if we can if we can keep
0: him talking here, he might Tupperware it, Joe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
6: <laughs> Dude, seriously, the, as a former teacher, and Paul Paul Hart might know this very well. The ki- kids will do a tactic where they just keep you talking, and then by the time it's like, oh, class is done. I guess we didn't get to the lesson, and just like ask you stuff and things like that so
0: yeah tupperware right yeah tupperware for <laughs> what was farmers. jake's
6: Think that you like put the
0: coffin in immediately i'm not as... even no i'm not even gonna i'm not even mentioning the <laughs> yeah. name i'm not even not mentioning talk about the not memes this week it.
6: have been amazing folks yeah
0: it's uh, been amazing there is no other it's the it's the ratings <laughs> that we have there is no added rating there is nothing so i don't know i don't even know what you're talking about um uh, let's see here uh We'll do one more and take a break. Uh, Citadel. Citadel on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, Mason Kane of spy organization Citadel crosses a new organization. It's Mason Kane. that That is a name right there. That is, a, that, is a, that is a perfect fucking spy name. Mason Kane. That guy doesn't cry on first dates. Ma- Fuck no, Mason Kane don't fucking cry on a first date. <laughs> Mason Kane's laying pipe on the first date, Chris. (laughs) He's not fucking crying, watching some fucking bullshit. Mason Kane, fucking doing the deed, getting it done. That is a that is a spy name. It could also be like a like wouldn't you like like maybe an MMA fighter, Joe Mason Kane.
4: (laughs) It does sound like something like that. It's also super close. To a, a a name of a Steven Seagal character in the movie Hard to Kill, he was Mason Storm.
0: Mason Storm. <laughs> Mason Kane. <laughs> and it's Kane with a K, not a C, because a C is a like that's a cane. It's like an old man's thing, you know, like, like you're old and feeble and you need a cane. No, his is with a K, Mason Kane. Like the like the first one that killed his brother. So yeah, I mean Mason Kane here. Uh, yeah, he, uh, Mason Kane, a spy organization Citadel crosses a new organization Manticore, leading to a bad incident. Eight years later, Mason is living quietly as Kyle Conroy. And that's not as cool as Mason Kane. <laughs> no <laughs> to go from mason kane to kyle conroy kyle conroy is like you know your dad's bowling buddy yeah right you know
4: <laughs> it's that guy in the cubicle next to you yeah he always he's, smells he's, like soup
6: he's distant related to kevin Conroy, but not not kevin conroy and not as cool
0: he doesn't voice batman Mason is living quietly as Kyle Conroy with no memory of his past until his old colleague asks, asks for his help. Uh, it's a spy action thriller series uh, created by Josh, Josh Applebaum, Brian O oh, and David Wheel for Amazon Prime Video uh, with the Russo brothers acting as executive producers. Uh, it stars Richard Madden and Priyanka Chopra uh, as Citadel agents, Mason Kane and Nadia Sin uh with Stanley Tucci and Leslie Manville rounding out the cast. Uh, bah, 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 bah. uh I've only watched the first episode. Uh I didn't get back to this one, but uh from what I saw in the first episode, I dug it quite a bit. I'm uh, I'm out a high taste it. I I it's like it's like it's fuck it's Mission Impossible meets Jason Bourne. Yep. And you know what? I like Mission Impossible. I like Jason Bourne. You get those two in the fucking bedroom fucking each other, I'm all over it. I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed this, and I, I think it's going to get better. Um, but, man, it's got a huge budget. Like, uh, Am, uh Prime Video dumped a whole lot of money into this one, man. They dumped a lot of money into the Lord of the Rings series, and they dumped a lot of money into Citadel. And I think it shows. Um but uh, I and I love Stanley Tucci. I've been a Stanley Tucci fan uh, for a long time. He did a uh, he did a one man act on an HBO special when I was when I was a kid back in the maybe maybe early nineties. And uh, I was like, this guy's funny. This guy he could do so many different characters. And uh, I've been a long time Stanley Tucci fan, and uh, li- I liked uh, see him in, seeing him in this series. Um, but yeah, I'm at a high tasted on this one, so yeah, um, it's got a lo- it's got a lot of fun action for me, and you know, I'm interested to see uh, how this is all gonna unfold with his character. Now that you know he was previously married, and now that uh, now he's got like a, a family and a new wife and shit, and just it's wild. Anyway, Joe, what'd you think of Citadel?
4: I've watched two episodes of it so far, and there are some big revelations about the memory loss in the second episode that it's 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 a new twist on, on what they're doing. I'll I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to give away their game of what they're what they're doing, but uh, I was really looking forward to this one. It's. I remember we talked about it back when we were reviewing the Night Agent and you and Paul were giving me shit saying Night Agent sucked and you were really looking for the <laughs> citadel.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, now, yeah. Is it, is it you're to get back at me and Paul now? Huh? Have the tables turned here, Joe? Uh, and so,
4: you know, I was looking forward to watching this because I agreed with you guys that I was like, that does look really great. And I went into this with really high expectations. And the first episode, I was kind of like, all right, it's. it's what you said. It's like, it's a mashup of mission impossible and Jason Bourne. You know, you've got these secret spy organizations that are working against each other at very high levels for very high stakes. And, and now all of a sudden one of them doesn't remember he's been in an accident and he doesn't remember anything, but his body remembers. And so he's going to be able to kick ass without knowing how he's doing it. Um, Yeah. We've seen that before. And the second episode, there was a bit of a twist on it. And so it it was For the first episode, I was kind of at a, at a low taste it, and then the second episode brought it up a little bit. I, I liked the twist that they did in it. And also, like you were saying, with Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci's really great in this. He just, he oozes confidence and charisma. He's a very fun, likable character. And uh, I'm going to continue watching this. So for me, it, it's it's a taste it so far in the two episodes in. I think the effects in this are great. Um, I, I I've only gotten to see a little bit of the two main characters together. So I don't really know what sort of chemistry they're going to have moving forward, but they do have an interesting dynamic right off the bat. And also the main character playing played by Richard Madden, he is in a very interesting predicament as well, is that he had this entire life as this super high level spy. And then he lost his memory in eight years. I mean, eight years is a huge gap. He's married. He's got a kid. He's got all these responsibilities. And then, Stanley Tucci comes out of the woodwork and tells him, hey, no, you're actually a spy. And now you're going to have to go and, you know, I need you to do this mission that only Mason Kane can do. And (laughs) Mason Kane. (laughs) I mean, this show is the premise in the plot goes right up to the edge of ridiculous and doesn't quite go over it. And so I appreciate that they're towing that line. And so. I'm, I'm kind of watching it holding my breath, just being like, don't go, don't go too far. Don't go into stupid unless you're trying to go into stupid. But with a budget this big, I don't think that's where you want to go. So, you know, just two episodes in, I am, I am watching it with, with a little bit of bated breath. Um, but so far I am liking it. It's, it's not my favorite thing that we've seen so far this week, but I do, I like it enough that I'm going to keep watching it.
0: Okay. Chris, I have a feeling you didn't like this. How could you tell? I I just know you. Oh, yeah, you didn't like this, yeah. did you? I didn't. I figured as much. I'm sorry, Jesus. Well, it's just, I was excited after you guys were giving Joe
6: so much shit, and I watched the trailer. Like, oh, this looks badass. Yeah.
0: And,
6: and Colleen and I watched it, and we were sitting there, and it's like, because I was expecting you guys to say things like the acting was just so weird. It was just the acting seemed off. We only watched one episode. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like, as you said, like Mission possible, Jason Ford's like, OK, this this premise has done, been done before and it feels like it's better. But I only did give it one episode chance. Yeah, And it's just I don't know, it's just the acting was so weird, which was so weird because it has such great actors in it. Like, I love Tucci. Um, I thought you were going to say that one really cool HBO thing he did was like. The the nazis in the planning room oh what was that movie called uh oh fuck it was a cool it was a cool hbo film and he like he's the waiter at this where all the nazis are making the final decision mm. at this house and it's so good and he he just runs a clinic um and i love uh, mardson um i know not a lot of people liked uh, uh eternals
3: oh richard but, Madden. But, uh, Mars, oh, Richard Madden,
6: yeah. sorry, Richard Madden. Sorry. Um, like, it's like ah, oh, darn. Cause I like really like him as an actor ever since game of thrones. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like as Joe saying, maybe it just deserves a better shot or a second episode. Like Joe does have the best system. Like you gotta go, th- you gotta give a show three episodes to let it find its footing.
0: Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, you know, good spy shit, a little bit of Jason Bourne in there and uh, mm-hmm. some really good action. So and mm-hmm. uh, they put some money into the stunts and special effects. So I dug it. But, you know, different strokes, different folks. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You, you really got
4: to give this one more than one
0: episode. If, if I yeah. just
4: watched the first episode, I would have had a, a lower rating. So the second mm-hmm. episode did bring it up for me. Okay, and, and also so much of the first episode is that. The original incident that happened eight years ago. And then it's really only focusing on what happened to Mason afterwards. It's not focusing at all on what happened to Nadia. And you get into that a lot more in the second episode. Okay.
6: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a it's a weird predicament into the age of like golden age TV of like if the show doesn't capture you right there, it's like it's just like, oh man, but Colleen, I really want to start freaking um yellow jackets and we got all these other shows that we just want to start. It's like, oh man. But um, no, yeah, you guess you guys are the experts.
0: Ah, hardly. <laughs>
4: yeah, we just show up with opinions every
6: week. Yeah, no shit.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but you do have a very good point there, Chris, because in this age of on-demand television, if you don't have something that's going to hook people right off the bat, it's going to suffer. And if you've spent mm-hmm. – I, I read that this has got like the second highest TV budget of all time. so. Ooh. If, if you're spending that much money on it and you're not hooking people in with that first episode, man, if you're not sweating bullets over at prime video, then what are you
6: doing? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess Amazon has the benefit of being richer than God, you know, like they're just able to do these, co- it, that and Apple just get to do all the cool fun stuff and just try stuff out.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's take a, let's take a break. We'll come back. We got a few more things to talk about. Uh, we'll be right back.
2: Cinefied. Verb. Past tense. The act of being enlightened and knowing what movie to watch next. Cinefied.com is your destination for movie, television, documentary, and short reviews. Released every week by writers who love movies like moviegoers love popcorn. Cinefied is here to make sure no one is wasting time or money where they shouldn't be. After all, you have to be able to buy your popcorn and eat it, too. So come visit us, read our reviews, and get Cinefied. Cinefied Cinefied.com, enlightening moviegoers since 2018.
0: Hey, we are back. Hey, man. Woo! I'm excited, Joe. Yeah, we're back, man. Woo! 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 there's a fake, <laughs> just yeah. fake enthusiasm, energy. fake energy. Yeah. None of this is real. It's all fabricated.
6: It's just like that collector show. I just want to,
0: I just want to go to bed. I just want to, yeah. I just want to lay down. I want to go, I want to watch my, I want to watch Facts of Life and go to bed, Joe. <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Right. That's That's been my nighttime show, Joe, is Facts of Life.
4: It sounds good. That's one of those theme songs that's never left my brain. Yeah. It'll just randomly play at least once a month.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to watch that Michael J. Fox documentary
0: on Apple? It's uh, next week. It's on the list. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, it looked yeah. good.
6: Yeah. I love Michael J. Fox. So do I. Yeah. He wasn't on Facts of Life, but I love him. Oh, that's uh, that's my millennial coming out that I didn't know that. I thought, yeah. what
0: was he on? He was on Family was on ties, for seven, on ties for seven seasons. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. Seven seasons of Family Ties, never made an appearance on Facts of Life.
6: Sorry, everybody. I just made everybody dumber.
0: George Clooney showed up in the final seasons of uh, Facts of Life. Hmm. Oh, nice. As well as, uh, uh, what's his name? Sean Astin's brother. His last name's Astin. I don't know his fucking name, though. Anyway, anything else? And that kid also starred in the Garbage Pail Kids movie.
4: I haven't thought about that in fucking years.
0: Holy shit. It's a terrible movie. (laughs) Evil Dead Rise. Uh, This dropped in theaters. A reunion between two estranged sisters gets cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Evil Dead Rise is a supernatural horror film written and directed by Lee Cronin. It's the fifth installment of the Evil Dead film series. It stars Lily Sullivan and Alyssa Sutherland uh, as two estranged sisters trying to survive and save their family from deadites. And uh, I put I, I put this on the list for me, and then I realized that I have... Uh, two horror pussies on the episode with me this week (laughs) yep joe being a horror pussy and uh chris being an even bigger horror pussy oh yeah oh yeah maybe the (laughs)
6: biggest arguably
0: so uh yeah um before i hear from from uh vagina corner Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm sorry. I'm taking it too far, guys. I apologize. It's
6: okay. okay. I just (laughs) cried. I just cried in the movie theater in front of a date.
0: I know. Yeah. God. (laughs) You're lucky. You're engaged. You're lucky. Oh yeah.
6: (laughs) She's just jumping on that Volk money train. We all know it. That big money train. That'll go someday.
0: I fucking loved this movie. I mean, I fucking loved it. I, I thought it was, you know, I'm a huge fan of Bruce Campbell. Listen, the last Evil Dead movie that came out when they kind of like rebooted it, I guess, I guess in the same universe, I was not the biggest fan of it. Like they pulled a lot of inspiration from the Evil Dead. I just felt like it took a lot of the, um, it made it, it just made it grittier and took out a lot of the humor. They kind of did that here, but, it was still fucking fun. It was still gory fun. And I think what they did differently in this one, I feel like the main characters are fine. I think like, uh, um, I think who takes center stage in this movie, as opposed to like the evil dad movies with, you know, the Sam Raimi evil dead movies, like Bruce Campbell as Ash takes center stage in this movie. I feel like the deadites take center stage and it worked. Like, the woman who played the the sister who gets possessed incredible absolutely incredible an amazing performance she was so awesome this movie doesn't shy away from like hurting children like this movie is this movie really goes for it man I, I was hooked from the beginning when they gave you the title screen when she's like rising up out of the lake and you see Evil Dead rise yes. out of the lake. I was like, I was hooked at that moment. I was like, this is fucking awesome. And uh I Tupperware I Tupperware this movie. I thought it was incredible. I thought yeah. I the family was interesting. The family dynamic was interesting here. The two the two sisters that you know, the ones got she's got th- Was it three kids And um I thought the kids I thought her kids Were cool And interesting And uh It's the youngest boy Who kind of like Finds Um Finds the Necronomicon And kind of like Activates everything And uh I Man I I fucking loved it I, I I I think this is like If you're a horror fan Like this is a must See In the theater so I type where the fuck out of this, man. And I think that – I think Evil Dead, um, it's uh, – I want to see one of these movies come out every year just like the Scream movies, man. I fucking loved this. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Joe, what would you think of Evil Dead Rise?
4: So my introduction to the the Evil Dead universe was with Army of Darkness. That was the first one I saw. I remember watching that in high school on VHS. And absolutely loved it. Like watched it over and over and over again. Eventually, uh, bought the the I think it's like maybe the unrated director's cut or something like that. Bought it on DVD. Yeah. And so, like Army of Darkness is just a movie that I've had in my life like for so fucking long, like well over half my life. And then I eventually got around and I watched Evil Dead. Watched Evil Dead Two. I did not see the the most recent remake of it i've seen about maybe half of ash versus the evil dead on the the stars series and when i saw the first trailer for this one man it 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 blew me away like it it was a it was just a perfect trailer it was really really scary i I mean it, it it showed you what the deadites were going to be in this movie and did it in a really really fantastic way and so i remember the first time seeing it thinking there doesn't there doesn't seem like there's like really any silliness in this at all, which is like really army of darkness is really all about silliness. And there's some quasi silly stuff in the evil dead movies. I mean, the army of darkness is really the one where it is like the most comedic, but man, this, this one might be my new favorite out of the evil dead movies, because I mean, I think this is a perfect evil dead movie. The, like you were saying, the deadites in this are fantastic. The plot line is great. This is only 90 minutes and it goes by really well. The The way that this is paced out, the the way it starts showing stuff that's happening kind of in present day, and then it rewinds and shows you a couple days previously. And that's where you get the bulk of the story with this family. Brian, what you were saying with the title card, maybe one of the best title card drops I've ever seen in a movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not even a drop. It's a title card rise. You yeah. Know? And it's. It's fucking fantastic the way that they do it. The special effects in this movie were so great. It is so gory. The kills in it are very inventive. The deadites in this seem to be so much more powerful than I've ever seen them before. They're nearly unstoppable and just so frightening. And this movie doesn't pull any punches. I couldn't believe the amount of kids that die in this movie. Like It's (laughs) fucking shocking. And I am absolutely a sucker for a scary story where people are trapped somewhere that they can't get out of and they just have to deal with what's there and, you know, getting out and running away from it is not an option. You got to stand and fight somehow. And to do that in an evil dead movie is fucking perfect. And yeah, the the acting in this was great. The woman playing the mother that gets possessed is Alyssa Sutherland. And then her younger sister, uh, Beth is being played by Lily Sullivan. And they are fantastic in this together. Mm, yeah. the, the little kid uh, actor in this, it was uh, Nell Fisher playing Cassie. She was great. Um, I mean, just I loved every bit of this movie, all the location in it and everything was so gritty and perfect the way the space that they find the Necronomicon in and then the old dusty records with it. Yes. Yeah. And the, the way that that whole goes down and the, the mythology that they brought into it and the story and the history that they told in that part of it was just great. And then with the kid coming to realize throughout it, that that all this is happening is his fault. And there's, there's nothing. He's just has to go through with it, you know, just keep (laughs) trying to live somehow And oh, my God, the psychological torture that the deadites put people through the elevator scene Mm -hmm. where where uh, where Ellie, the mom, is the deadites first come and and take her was just chilling. Dude, dude, looking out
0: the people.
4: Oh, the people part. Oh, that that fish eye lens. Yeah, dude. With with her with those (sighs) creepy yellow, like almost like Sith Lord looking eyes. And then that deranged fucking smile throwing that
0: child up against the fucking wall. Like, what the fuck?
4: It, yeah. What the fuck, man? I mean, this This movie was super disturbing. I, I remember the first time I saw a trailer for it, Aiden was with me. And you want to say that I'm a fucking horror pussy? Like... Aiden's not into this shit
1: at See, all See that's man. the like, thing I That's the up. thing
0: I'm trying to fucking I'm trying to like I'm trying to toughen you up A little bit to this horror <laughs> shit man That's what I want I want I want you to go from like Horror pussy To like full on like Horror hound man A fucking <laughs> Horror hell hound Is what I want man I want you to like <laughs> Howl at the fucking moon To the horror gods By the end of this Podcast when we get done When we finally wrap up PCL You're gonna be like Oh my god I love horror so that's what I want, Joe. That's what I want. I'm I'm slowly making you fucking watch this shit. <laughs> if they're
4: if they're like Evil Dead Rise, I'm fucking into it, too. Because yeah, this was the highest of Tupperwares for me. I loved it. Um, I wanted to go see this in the theater. Um, my wife is a is a tremendous horror fan. It's like her favorite genre. Yeah. And uh, and so I really wanted her to go with me, and she was she was like, oh, I. I, I she had just gone to the theater with me the weekend before to go see Guardians Three, and she's like, "I'm I'm not going to do it." And then it came out to buy early, and so I just I I just bet that it was like, you know what? I love this trailer so much, and I love Evil Dead. I'm just going to drop the twenty bucks and just get this or the twenty five or whatever it was, and so I just bought it on digital, and I'm so glad that I own it. And it's one or when the Blu-rays out. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably buy it on Blu-ray too because I want to have it physical media like my other evil dead movies so
0: yeah oh they, uh, man um i had the theater to myself on this one <laughs> i'm oh. not gonna
4: lie i'd have been a little spooked being <laughs> all alone in a the theater watching this movie oh, I loved like, it. oh no
0: i fucking loved it man oh my god <laughs> i fucking loved it it was awesome That's oh. too cool I mean, and it has something for everybody. I really do feel like by the end of that last Evil Dead reboot that came out in like 2013 or whenever it was, 2013, 2014, I felt like by the end of it, like I didn't feel like the girl that was cast in that movie was like ready to take on like the mantle, like of the like the next, you know, hero in in the Evil Dead series. By the end of this one, I loved our main protagonist, like the, the younger sister.
4: Yes, Beth.
0: Yeah, man. When she's covered in blood, I was like, this chick's fucking badass," and I loved that, man. I fucking loved it and kind of had like a little bit of an ash moment, you know? So I, you know.
4: I, <laughs> Dude, with some of the dialogue, like, oh, yes. it made me cheer.
0: Yeah. Oh, God damn. I loved this movie so much. So good. So, now we get to hear from Chris.
6: Oh, you're gonna be even more disappointed. I didn't get to see it. It was the one thing I couldn't. I couldn't get out to. Th- I didn't know I could buy it digitally. Oh um, man, it was the one thing I could. But
0: I was really like, wanting to hear, like, because uh, I know you're kind of like not into like the horror genre and like kind of this stuff. This, so part of me was like really the, wanting to hear what you thought yeah. about
6: it. Well, the thing is, is that like just like Joe Army of Darkness is one of my is. Definitely like top five favorite movies ever, and I love the Evil Dead oh, yeah, series. It's yeah. like, oh, I'll I'll go see this. And we just like Colleen and I've actually been able to go see a lot of movies with that movie pass, yeah, uh, that she got me. And it's like, oh, let's go, let's go, and just we just couldn't make it happen. Ah, no worries. Um, but I'll no worries. De- I'll definitely see it. But you'll be pre- um with uh well we'll talk later with from. I wasn't able to get to the second season, but I'm almost done with the first season. I'm really proud of myself because I do love that show.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, you know, there's horror that I don't get into. I, 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 mm-hmm. you know, I stopped watching the Saw movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did watch the, the, the newest the newest one, but I I did drop off the Saw movies. I've never watched a hostile movie. It just doesn't interest me. Well,
6: those are more gore. Yeah, Yeah, those are torture porn, not really horror. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean... You know, it's all kind of like under a, I guess, a horror blanket. I guess if you want to put it out there, but it is torture porn. Yeah. So I'm not, yeah. and I'm not into like, I'm, I will never watch like the fucking uh, human centipede or any of that crap. Either, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: I was regretful that I watched the trailer for human centipede. <laughs> yeah,
0: I won't even do that, man. There's no, <laughs> no way. But,
6: but the way you guys talk about, it, I'll definitely see it. Um, I just couldn't get there. Um, but I do love, dude. Yeah, I love, I love Evil Dead. So.
0: I'm still, even though Chris didn't see it, Joe, I'm still calling. This is a Tupperware party for fucking Evil Dead Rise. (laughs)
6: I'll give it a Tupperware of not seeing it.
0: There you go. (laughs) I'll
6: just, I'll just, I'll just do it. There you go.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. It's so good. I can't wait to see it again. Yes. Um,. Let's talk about uh, from came back uh, with season two. Uh, I just I just I really just put this on the list to make sure that I did start watching it again. And I have mm-hmm. watched every episode that they've released. I think it's been four episodes now in season two, Joe.
4: Yeah, four out. I've seen three of them so far, so I'm, I'm almost caught up with you.
0: So at the end of the se- I, see, I don't want to say to did you watch all the first season, Chris? I'm almost done. OK, uh, I, I think I'm like yeah. on
6: episode. eight. It's like the flashback showing the sheriff with him and his family arriving. Mm-hmm. That's where I am. Okay. But, dude, I'm loving it. And it's just like now that I've like passed it and it was more just like with horror, it's more usually just what's in your head and what you think is going to happen. What you see is like, oh, okay, it's just this. Um, But it's so, so well acted and the mm-hmm. story so interesting. It's a great show. I, I'm trying to get Colleen to watch it.
0: Joe, what are you thinking about season two, man? Because I am like, now I'm starting to really theorize about what's really going on here because of the whole, did, the, so you've, have you watched the fourth episode?
4: I watched the fourth one, but I just watched the, the third
0: one before uh, we started recording. Okay. Okay. Then I won't say anything. I'm really starting to theorize about some things in this show and it's like, is everything that we're seeing? Ah, uh, I don't even know if I it would can, have this conversation. You can spoil it for me. It's usually better for me. It
6: usually makes me like, okay, this is what. Yeah, it is. but I th- don't. This mind. show's
4: good enough that I don't. I don't want to spoil anybody oh, who doesn't okay. know much about it. Especially because the show used to be a little bit harder to watch. You had to have an MGM Plus subscription mm-hmm. to to watch it. But now the f- entire first season's available on Prime Video. Yeah. So if, if you have access to Prime Video, if you like a show that's like a good mystery box, if you happen to watch Lost back in the day, Lost, uh one of the the pre one of the directors that did a lot of their best episodes is Jack Bender. Jack Bender's an executive yeah. producer and has done a lot directed a lot of the episodes in from. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a horror version of Lost, where it's like yeah. these people are trapped in this small town, they can't get out, and they need to be inside at night because these things come into town that look like people, but man, if they get a hold of you, they turn demonic and they torture you and rip you to shreds. It's terrible. And then the woods around this town are filled with other mysterious things. I mean, this is the epitome of a mystery box show and it's got a horror bend. That's 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 sewn into it. But the mystery that's in this is so good. The actors in it are fantastic. It's got Harold Perrineau. um,
6: He's, He's a great underrated actor.
4: Yes, absolutely. And this is this is a fucking fantastic show. And it's so easy to watch now. So many people have access to prime video. So I implore everybody go watch this show. The second season's out now. There's only four episodes of it. Mm. So easy to get caught up on. And just I can't recommend this show enough. And I'm loving the second season so far. Second season's just
0: it's incredible. Second season has just been amazing uh, from season two. On MGM Plus, I'm telling you. Uh, MGM Plus, Joe, I uh, I don't know if it's out yet. I think I added it to my list. I, I'll probably try to watch it tonight if I can. There's like a whole – there's a docu- uh, an Amityville house documentary.
4: Yes, I yeah. saw a trailer for that. That looks good.
0: I mean I try to watch anything Amityville.
4: Uh, <laughs> Same. <you know. laughs> it's fast. Even though it's it's supposedly been debunked and stuff, yes. it's just one of those things to where I hear it and it, it just – it's it's nostalgic for me. It's like yeah. that was one of the first ghost stories that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. So
0: I remember Unsolved Mysteries did a, maybe an episode or two about uh, Annabelle and I watched I, those. I, yeah.
4: I, I think that was my intro to it.
0: Yeah. I well, I watched the old movie. I, I I think I only watched the Ryan Reynolds one once. I I've watched the like the the original. Um And then I watched the sequel. I think the one of the sequels was like a prequel and it went into like the real Amityville murders where which is wild that it's this family living in that house and each one of them were shot with a shotgun at night by the one of the uh, by one of the sons. And but they were all like face down in their bed in different rooms. So like everybody, like everybody has been wondering, like, you know, you hear a shotgun go off. How is he able to go? How is he able to kill each one of them in their bedrooms? I, it was, it's just, it's a, it's a bizarre fucking mystery. And like, he went to work the next day, like nothing happened. And then, Mm. and then even after work, he went to the bar and drank and acted like Mm. nothing happened. Yeah, it's fucked Mm. up. Then he tried to plead uh, insanity by uh, demon possession or something is like the story behind it. But anyway, from season two, fucking incredible. Get on it. Watch it. Um, Let's talk about got two more things to talk about in good pop, bad pop. Uh, Mrs. Davis on Peacock. Joe, this is you. You wanted this on the list. Um, uh, You told me about I didn't even know this was a thing. Uh, Sister Simone partners with her ex-boyfriend Wiley on a globe-spanning journey to destroy Mrs. Davis, a powerful artificial intelligence. Uh, it's a science fiction comedy drama limited series created by Tara Hernandez and Damon Lindelof. Uh, mm-hmm. It stars uh, Betty Gilpin uh, from GLOW uh, as a nun using her faith to take on technology and a supporting cast including... Uh, Margot Martindale, David Arquette and Elizabeth Marble, uh, Marvel. Um, Joe, what'd you think about uh, Mrs. Davis?
4: Yeah. the The first time this popped into my radar, it was a trailer played for it at the cinema. And it was just a whole bunch of different people pulling like a earbud type thing out of their ear and handing it saying, she wants to talk to you. She wants to talk to you. And I'm like, that was like the most non trailer I've ever seen. I have, no idea what this is about other than somebody i'm assuming mrs davis wants to talk to me and then they had posters for it around the cinema which is kind of weird that they're advertising a tv show but and then i hear that it's an, a damon lindelof show and so now i'm immediately in because i mean going right back to what we were talking about with from like lost man lost damon lindelof was one of the creators of lost one of them one of the head writers and mm-hmm. i love what damon lindelof has done i I was a huge fan of Lost. Huge fan of what he did on The Watchmen. Um, I have still not watched The Leftovers, but I've heard nothing but good stuff about The Leftovers. So that's something that I'm going to get to at some point. I think it's only like two or three seasons it's, of television. Uh, so
0: it's, it's three seasons, and it's it's incredible.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, there you go. I've 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 never heard somebody say a cross thing about The Leftovers, and so as soon as I heard that this was a new show of his and saw how soon it was out. I texted you and I was like, hey, we should put this on the list. Mm-hmm. And I've watched two episodes mm-hmm. so far. And dude, this is a fucking weird show. <laughs> it's it's really out there. It's it's following this nun that she grew up. She was raised by magicians. Her dad was a magician and her mom was the one who on the stage was the magician's assistant. It really she was the engineer building out all the acts. And now as as an adult, she's a nun. And there is this algorithm that has brought world peace and there's no more there's no more starvation. There's no more war. And all these people walk around with like an earbud in and there's this algorithm that gives people quests and tells them what they want to do or, you know, tells them what they should be doing with their life. And most people listen to it and just do whatever this algorithm says but for whatever reason, this main character being played by Betty Gilpin, she's her name's Simone. Simone is not into it. And you come to find out that she blames the, this algorithm for the death of her father. And so that's why she absolutely refuses to talk to it. But throughout this first episode, you keep getting people just approaching her in public being like, Oh, Hey, she wants to talk to you or even doing stuff to try and trick her into, into talking. And so eventually once she finally does talk to it, now give away a little bit of something from the first episode is this algorithm is telling her that she needs to find the Holy grail. And so it's like, okay, that's, that's kind of wild. But the way that this show starts, it actually starts with like this flashback that goes back to like the time of like, I don't know. The Templar, the the
6: Knights Templar. Yeah. Like when the Knights
4: Templar were executed on, on Friday, the 13th and it's these people trying to find the grail. And and you see these Templars get executed. And then this this woman goes to this place where there's all these nuns and and guys come in asking where the Grail is. And there's this huge sword fight. And just this one woman grabs what is presumably the Holy Grail and runs out the door. And so it's the way this show set up. It's it's like another mystery box. But it's also so interesting because it's all these people are just doing things that the app is telling them, because it's like if. The app will reward you with with wings.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And so it's all these people just trying to get their wings. And so it's these many layers of people trying to con other people into doing stuff. And only two episodes in so far, it's all it's done is just pose more questions. It hasn't really answered anything yet, which I wouldn't expect it to two episodes in. But the show is really, really well written. Uh Betty Gilpin's fantastic. I love her in everything I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. And she's really compelling as this character. And I like the the history that they've given us so far with it. Um, very intrigued. And and I love Damon Lindelof. I'm a big fan of his writing and what he does. And so I'm willing to go along on the ride on this and and keep watching it. There's several episodes. There's like five or six episodes out so far. But I'm only a couple in so far. Uh, it's a high taste. It Just based off these first two episodes, I'm really digging it.
0: And looking forward to seeing where it's gonna go. Chris, uh thoughts on uh Mrs. Davis. Um,
6: I love it. Um I know it's a, a weird show, um, but I love its weirdness. Um have ever you ever read the book Infinite Jest by
0: David Foster Wallace? No. Uh-uh. Oh, I know okay. the, the well, I know who that writer is. He actually lived yeah. in Champaign, Illinois, so
6: Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. I forgot about actually, that. He was
0: just a weird writer, weird I, I own one of his books somewhere, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not, well, I just, yeah,
6: but I definitely got that vibe of just like intentionally like that postmodernist vibe of intentionally throwing you off with the narrative and jumping around and just having absurdist things that are just nonsensical and erratic. Um, and I just, I just totally dug it. I still have no idea what's going on and I'm three episodes in, um, but, uh, I think also I listened to a podcast about the show where they inter- interview Lindelof and Hernandez, and they actually talk about or or Lindelof talks like it's really more Hernandez's show. He's just kind of giving notes, is how he because they talk. I think Joe, you would love this because it talks about the writers' room and the writers' oh, process, and it's like this is Hernandez's show. Like I'm just kind of there giving notes, um, uh, but I just love how like it's throwing in the. As I said, the the it's like a topic thing that we're all kind of worried about with AI, but it's like it's like not an efficient AI. Like it's more it's not Terminator, it's like the movie Brazil where nothing's working. Um and uh and like I love like there's like authorion legend thrown in with the holy grail and like the contest there's a contest where they have to hold their Hands against the giant uh uh sword and the stone thing and just like the contest is who can stay on the longest. Um it's just it just and like you think you know where it's going and then it'll go somewhere else. And it's intentionally like doing that. And they talk about how later that he uh they the 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 or the, the characters acknowledge like why is none of this fitting together? And also Jesus is in it. So it's cool
0: yeah i'm out on this show guys i'm sorry i uh i love betty gilpin i love betty i love damon Lindelof. but man this is too weird there's too many moving parts it's Mm -hmm. and it's really nothing that i i just don't care at the i don't care what's going to happen in this story like i just think it's too quirky and too weird for me and i just can't i can't get into it it's yeah. I tried. I um part of me just part of me wants to chug on and be like let's see if episode 3 gets any if you start really caring about anything going on here but it's this weird mix of it the, I think it's the it's the comedy it's just not working for me in this one mm-hmm. and there's so much going on with like the the Germans and uh with you know with her past and and this this guy Wiley showing up later on down the road and then she's married to this this that guy jesus and then it's there's just so much going on in the show it's like you can't not pay you have to pay attention because if you miss some one thing like you're Mm -hmm. you're gonna miss the entire show and i kept i kept kind of i don't know i really just had a hard time keeping up with this one and 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 because I wasn't getting into it. Mm-hmm. So um I'm at a low taste on this one and I don't think I will be returning sadly. But I you know, I, I it's definitely got its audience because I know it's been I think it's been pretty popular for the people that have been watching right. it, but I'm yeah. just it's just not for me, sadly. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I watched it with my wife and after the first episode she was like, I'm out. Yeah. Like, this is a toss-it for me. She's like, I don't give a shit about anything that's happening yeah. in this show. <laughs> I'm like, really?
0: Yeah, so. there's nothing to care about. Like I I for me, there's really nothing to care. Like, I don't give a shit about the the AI, <laughs> what it's done with the people and and yeah, like she's supposed to find the Holy Grail and destroy it. And her demands are that the A.I. shuts itself down. It's like, I don't I don't fucking care. So that's just, I'm in for the ride.
4: I'll let you know if it sticks the landing. You let me know. I, I so That's kind of the exciting thing is that it's
6: like it, I have a feeling it probably won't. It'll just like just it'll just be one of those things where it's like our it never completes it and has like a lot of tangled threads and it's like a potter like me being english major getting nerdy and things like in that regard is just like it intentionally does that
0: yeah i don't which gets insanely annoying so yeah yeah no thanks yeah I love Betty Gilpin. I just don't like this show. She
6: rules. I love that movie. Uh, What was it? Was it The Hunt?
0: Yeah, The Hunt was fucking awesome.
6: (laughs) That movie fucking ruled. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Glenn Howerton. Did you see Glenn Howerton's in that Blackberry movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's out in theaters right now. I want to see that. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, Silo uh, on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, in a toxic, dystopian future where a community exists in a giant silo, hundreds of stories deep underground, 10,000 people live in a society full of regulations they believe aren't meant to protect them. It's a dystopian series created by Graham Yost based on the Wool series of novels by author... Hugh Howie, and it stars Rebecca Ferguson, who is also an executive producer of the series. I love Rebecca Ferguson. She's fucking awesome. She was incredible in the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, the last Mission Impossible movie, uh, she was fucking pregnant and still fucking managed oh. to be in that movie and fucking kill it. She's fucking amazing. I love Rebecca Ferguson. And so uh, uh, I... I, I I didn't, I only knew that this was a, uh, like a sci-fi kind of show, science fiction show. That's all I knew going into it. And, um, who's the other guy? Is it, uh, David O'Yellow Woe? Is he yeah. the other guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, Common's in this too. Yeah, Common's in this. Yeah. I, uh, this is the show. I think, uh, three episodes are out. I've watched all three. This show, I am hooked on. I am a hundred percent gonna finish this one i I, I thought it was uh, fantastic, amazing. Um, absolutely love it. you've got uh, you've got he's basically like the um, like the sheriff of this community that lives in the silo outside of the silo. it's a dystopian world it's it, it they they believe it's uh, a toxic environment. They don't know how. How the 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 silo was created? They've been there for what do they say? Like over a hundred years?
4: It's like close to one hundred and fifty years yeah. since like a rebellion that they're okay. kind of marking time from.
0: Yeah, so they've lived their entire lives in this silo. They've got a like they, they've got they've got power. Um, they've got a, a whole community. They have laws. Um, they have a, a group that's in charge, uh, the judicial, and. Um, then but uh they also have control over these people it's so much so that uh, they've uh they they've got birth control in women and uh they have to get approved to have a baby and then they have to have this birth control device taken out of their body and then they have a year to eat to to conceive um, and if they don't then they 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 get put back on birth control um you find out a lot about like uh, the people that are that are in charge they 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 want they basically want docile sheep they don't want anybody they don't want anybody who thinks outside the box um to have children things aren't not what they seem and there are there are certain people there there's a couple people that are starting to find out some truths to what's really going on i guess the the hook here—I don't want to spoil it. Fuck. Um, but anyway, the sheriff's wife. How how, do, how how much do we want to get into this, Joe? Because
4: I—I'll I, put it this way, okay? Because I'm right there on the same wavelength as you. This, yeah. This show's fucking incredible. Yeah. Dude. And I mean, on every level, the score is incredible. The opening theme, like I've watched the entire opening credits on all three episodes because. I love the theme. The The score on this is so good. The acting in it is great. The premise in this is, is very good. And also the way they're telling the story is great because it's like they'll show you a little bit of stuff of what's going on and then rewind way back and show you everything that led up to that point. And the, the way that they structured the first two episodes like that were really, really cool. And the third episode was a little bit more straightforward. It had a little bit of flashback stuff in it, but um, – basically there's there's like one huge rule in this silo is that if you say i want to go outside Mm -hmm. they will send you outside but it's like once you say those words there's no taking it back like if you say i want to go outside it's a big fucking deal and you're gonna go send outside and there's there's i mean it's all underground and it's, it's something like 250 levels or something like that so it's just this massive structure it's like if you would imagine like a like a, a like a main thoroughfare in like a, a city. Instead of it being horizontal, it's it's vertical in this. So like when you're standing in the center, you can look up and just see this giant spiral staircase going all the way up. And so it's this really wild way to live, but they don't see really outside. It's like there's one camera or like sensor type thing that's outside this place. And so every room that you're in, if it were to have like a window or something like that in conventional architecture, instead it's a screen showing you this view of what's outside. And it's like a real dingy, dirty view. Like you're looking through a dirty window and it's this like blasted, awful looking landscape with like a dead dying tree. And I mean, it's just terrible. It doesn't look like a place where you'd want to be. And if somebody says that they want to go outside, they're given the option to clean the sensor because if you just say I want to go outside, you go out and all of a sudden realize, oh, fuck, what have I done? It's a giant shithole out here. Oh, I'm going to go clean off this sensor so everybody inside can get a better view of what the outside world is like and remember that they're lucky to be inside. And then when you look out, it's, I don't know, maybe like 50 feet, 100 feet in front of where this camera's at, you see other but you see, like bodies laying there, people in like their like spacesuit looking things. Where it's like, if you get sent out, you're not going to even make it very far before whatever toxin is in this environment goes through the suit and gets you. And I agree with you; we shouldn't give away anything that happens because I mean, this is one of those shows where I there's some shows out there where it's like, oh the. The pilot was okay, but I need to give it a couple more episodes to really get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Silo's not that. Yeah. Silo's going to let you know exactly what it is from the start. Yeah. And if you don't like it from the first episode, jump off. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. But, dude, it worked for me so well. The The acting in this is so good. The plot is so riveting. It's just Apple TV Plus just coming in again and just swinging and hitting another home run right off the bat. I don't know what sort of people that they have. It's green lighting shows who makes these decisions, but they have got a nose for brilliance because Apple TV Plus just has so many very good, high quality shows on. And this is just another one that I feel like it's going to be a, a crown jewel for them because I, just but,
0: three episodes in so fucking good. By the end of the first episode, I had to watch the second you know, like it was. the like, yeah,
4: same. <laughs>
0: I was like, I got. I was hooked. I was like, I got to watch the second episode. I, I thought, you know, and I'm not like the biggest fan. I haven't seen her in a lot of things. I've seen her like a couple things, and I'm sure she's been in some other things that you know people will be like, oh, she's great in this, but maybe. But Rashida Jones was really good in this. It was awesome to see her in like a serious role. I've never like I've only seen her in comedies. See, I've I, yeah, I've I've seen her in. I've seen her in a couple things, kind of forgettable. I know she's been in other things that people like, but yeah, this is serious. And I thought she did a really, really good job Mm -hmm. in the, in, in the first episode. I thought she was fantastic. And, um, oh my God. So you've watched all three episodes, Joe? Yeah. Oh my God.
4: Absolute Tupperware, dude. I love it
0: so much. When the power went out, there's like that one moment it's like, did nobody notice that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I you. might have missed something. Yeah,
4: let's talk about it. Maybe. Hold oh, on. I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause. OK, tell yeah, you do now. it.
0: All right. Yeah, just had to tell Joe. But anyway, um, I'm loving this show. Chris, what did you think about Silo?
6: Yeah, um, I'm going to give it a, a high taste it. Um, I, I'm loving how, like, like. Much you guys like it. I was getting some very much a uh, expanse vibes, which uh, a show like I didn't originally like, but then got really into, and I could see this being a show getting into. I love like the the acting is awesome. So we were talking about with Rashida Jones. It's just like man, she can she can act a clinic if she wants to. Um, love the cast, um, and I can see this. I'm, it's definitely one of them going to like show to to Colleen and have that. To like, should should this be another roster on here? Because, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, and I like the, yeah. the It's got the 1984 Big Brother feel, too, especially with the screen thing. It reminded me of like the film 1984 of how they do that.
0: I'm I'm I am in love with this show. I mm. uh, I have to keep watching. I Joe, mm. it, it, it's sad, man. It's like uh, I, the week to week wait is going to be rough on this one, Joe. It sure
4: is, but there's, there's no way I'm sitting on this one. I have
0: to watch every, I think it's new episodes every Friday. Uh, they say new episodes every Friday, but Apple TV plus does this thing where they actually release the episodes at eight o'clock central on Thursdays. Oh, sweet. So yeah, you'll be able to watch it at eight o'clock central on Thursday. Um, I do love the narrative,
6: like how it like, I don't think it's a spoiler, like how it starts off, like. Or just like it, it goes from different characters of like Rachita Jones is very much the focus of the first episode. And then like second episode is the husband. Yeah. Sheriff. Yeah.
0: And then like the third episode, you're getting more of like Rebecca Ferguson's character. Yeah. Oh, she,
4: and she's such a badass.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. she
4: even in the first episode? Like,
6: I guess. No, she end.
0: shows up at the end of the second episode. Oh, and, okay. OK. And yeah. And then they flesh out that. More in the mm-hmm. third um, Yeah, it, it, I, Rebecca Ferguson's awesome I loved her in the Mission Impossible stuff And she's great here Yeah, uh, Silo on Apple TV Plus If you have it, please watch it If you love science fiction Like this is another another great sci-fi entry Let's jump into the pop culture leftovers news Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. Read all about it It's a a news and there's no doubt about it This news is gangster as fuck, yo it's gangsta as fuck, yo. All
0: right, what do we got here? Uh, yeah, uh, Disney and Hulu Plus. Uh, this comes from comicbook.com. Disney and Hulu Plus combining into one app this year. What? Yeah, TV and movie fans that subscribe to both Disney Plus and Hulu are going to have a much easier time browsing their watch list later this year. The two streaming services are part of uh, Disney streaming bundle along with ESPN Plus, but they will soon be available on the same platform. Disney CEO Bob Iger announced during the company's quarterly earnings call on Wednesday that Disney Plus and Hulu will soon be found on a combined app, at least here in the United States. Uh, So, yeah, Uh, look for the price to go up, though, um, on uh, Mm. on whatever this service is going to what are they going to call it? Is is it still just going to be Disney Plus, but just with Hulu? I don't understand. Is it going to have its own like little icon? I have no idea. Star Wars do. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, yeah, will you Whoa. be able to go like into like the Hulu Plus, you know, mm-hmm. area? I, I I don't know how this is going to work. I'm sure the price will go up, but hopefully, uh, if you have both services separate, uh, the price will go down from keep you know from having both of them. So I don't know how that works. Um, I don't know how yeah, they're Yeah, to confusing. confusing. So.
4: Yeah, I wonder what they will like, do with the name because you'd think that Disney is not going to remove you know, Disney from the name.
6: Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. they have a, like a, a like what a, I want to say safety features, but like an adult lock thing on Disney now. Right.
0: Yeah, because they had okay. to institute that because of adding the Netflix daredevil and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah.
6: Okay. So like, they'll have to be, it'll be in there for Hulu. Cause it's like, Oh shoot, there's so many shows that are definitely not disney plus appropriate
5: yeah
0: yeah so they'll they'll bundle this together and hopefully the price will go down a little mm. bit for everybody i don't know how that's gonna work but uh yeah i don't know you th- i disney's just i think what did they say they lost four million subscribers recently in this last quarter i i think a lot Man, i i i, I don't know like I feel like a lot of these streaming services are shooting themselves in the foot. I think I it's just a, I think it's just like a money suck for them to, to have these services up and running. I think I honest I don't know. I don't know if Disney plus and any of these are going to be profitable. It's just, it just makes more sense for, it just makes sense for Disney to, to If they want to make these types of shows to just farm them out to other services.
4: Yeah, just like rent the licenses out, like yeah. the old model the way that they used to do them. Yeah, that does make more sense. I don't think it's all shaken down yet because you, I, I guess you'd have to look at it and say, how much do we get from licensing these out to just a handful of different streaming services the way that the model used to be versus we're going to have all the overhead of having all these things on servers and having to deal with app support and all this shit just for what, five 6 dollars 99 a month for each person. And then you have to contend with the password sharing and with Netflix cracking down on that. All it does is make people unhappy. And so if you're actively making users unhappy, are they going to flock to your service? I don't know. It's, it's all still a tight wire act in my opinion. And I feel like in the end, it's going to, you are just going to see a lot more of these, you know, come crashing down, they're going to go the way of, uh, what was that one that that came and went real fast with the real short Quibi? Quibi. Quibi. Yeah. They're all going to go the way of Quibi eventually. I think
0: I, you know, honestly, it's like, I, I, I could stand for some of these services to go away. Yeah. (laughs) I'm serious. It's just like, I mean, I, The golden age of streaming was basically Netflix and mm -hmm. and Hulu, and we are. It was affordable. Yeah. Now it's everybody has a streaming service, and And, you know who didn't panic and start a streaming service? Sony. Yeah. And I think Sony's probably better off for it. (laughs) Unless with the
6: writer's strike now, they might be in trouble. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, it's just, it's so crazy how, I don't know, just, they had a really great money making system of, you know, advertising and then they try to take that away and then they figured out like, wait a minute, this isn't gonna, this, we're not able to cook the books like we used to. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how it all pans out, especially with this writer strike going forward.
0: There was, like, okay, it was fine when there was just, like, a few of these streaming services because mm-hmm. the the pie was much larger. And now that yeah. you've got all of them, the slices of these pies are much smaller. Mm-hmm. And they're not... You're not going to see these streaming services grow because not everybody can get every fucking streaming service. It's just not... Yeah. Possible People have to make choices on like, you know, what streaming service they can get. And it's like, OK, we've got these, you know, we can budget and get three of these services. But yeah, now now I can't now we're not going to get Paramount Plus. Now we're not going to get this. Now we're mm-hmm. not going to get that. Like most people are going to have, you know, prime video. You know, it, a lot of people mm-hmm. just use, you know, Amazon anyway. Yeah. But I mean, I don't and if you got kids, you gotta have Disney Plus. Mm. I would be fine with a lot of these going away. I mean, yeah. I would be fine, honestly, with Disney Plus going away, and I know a lot of people are gonna think I'm fucking crazy. I'd be fine if it went away. Wouldn't it wouldn't bother me one fucking bit. Not I feel, one I almost fucking feel, bit. Yeah. I as long feel as like I can would, find yeah,
4: another place to watch the Mandalorian and Andor, which I'm sure they'll figure yeah. out, I I'd be okay with that too, because I feel, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like I, it would help Marvel. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. that's where I was. You yeah. were on the same wavelength there. I was yeah. going to say, as excited as I was for the Disney plus sh- um, MCU shows of phase four, when you add them all up in the end, it's like I don't think they had a big enough impact to where if they do no more fucking series in, in
0: phase five, I would have been OK with that. I Yeah, I, I'm yeah. i seriously I'm like I like what. Star Wars is done with their series. I like that stuff, but the Marvel stuff can go the fuck away. I don't care. I, I just want mm-hmm. the movies at this point. I I don't need to watch these Marvel TV shows. I I mean, if not that's if your, not
6: going to be any good, like.
0: <laughs> so if that's your thing, if you like the Marvels TV, I mean, I I still think that the best Marvel stuff that came out was the Daredevil stuff on Netflix. Yep. So yeah.
4: They, they still haven't topped that.
0: No, not at all. Like the closest they got was like maybe Loki, but it's a completely different kind of show. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, go ahead.
4: One more thing about this. I think what's funny is that I think that at the beginning of this, all of these content owners, you know, like Disney and in these other places, were probably looking at Netflix and thinking, man, they're renting our content from us. And everybody I know has a Netflix subscription. And really, it's like, no, just everybody, you know, has Netflix. Not everybody, you know, is actually paying for it because, you know, I mean, look what's happening with Netflix now. So many people with password crackdowns, they're just okay. well, we just don't have Netflix anymore then. And so I feel like all this streaming wars, it was really started on greed that was probably based on a, a fallacy to begin with. I was just assuming that there's this huge buyout out there that everybody's paying money into, and it's like, no, there's a shit ton of password sharing going on, is what's
0: happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I, Disney would, I think they would have been much more profitable instead of like putting all the all their money into like their their own app and streaming service if they would have just made this content and then sold it to like had had a deal worked out with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know,
6: I guess Devil's Avocado, though, isn't it? What happened though is like thing was, Who would who's it went sour with? in Netflix and Marvel. What was where was the point where it went? So was it Feige and the other dude?
0: Oh yeah, well Feige and Jeff Loeb had their issues. Yeah,
4: yeah. It
6: was so the TV the,
0: side versus the movie side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh news from the rap uh facts uh Fast X shocker Dwayne Johnson returns to Fast and Furious franchise. Uh Dwayne Johnson has returned to the Fast and Furious franchise, making an appearance in the post-credit sequence for the upcoming Fast X out uh May 19th. Uh, what makes his return so shocking is how adamant Johnson was about not returning to the series. Uh, in November 2021, Fast and Furious franchise star and producer Vin Diesel took to Instagram essentially to beg Johnson to return to the mainline franchise. In 2019, Johnson starred in Hobbs and Shaw, a spinoff with Jason Statham. A month after Diesel's social media appeal, Johnson told CNN... I told Vin Diesel directly that I would not be returning to the franchise. I was firm yet cordial with my words and said that I would always be supportive of of the cast and always root for the franchise to be successful, but that there was no chance I would return. Vin's recent public post was an example of his manipulation. I didn't like that he brought up his children in the post as well as Paul Walker's death. Leave them out of it. We had spoken months ago about this and came to a clear understanding. But, uh apparently he's back, and we found out that it's not gonna be just two movies now finish finishing off the franchise. It's gonna be three. I'm thinking they're going with three because the rock's coming back,
4: yeah, that was my thought too, dude that it's like, oh, Dwayne Johnson signed back on, okay, let's do another movie, let's squeeze this out, and I think that this is probably coming down to he thought he was going to be a fucking. Black Adam. Black Adam. Yeah, I was going to make gonna that Black joke, Black Adam too. And, and bringing in this – this what what was he calling it? The the, the power – <laughs> he had that catchphrase he kept saying. The the power something has shifted. The power hierarchy in the DC universe. Yeah. No, yeah. Not so much. <laughs> and now, yeah.
0: now you're back to doing fast movies. Power shifted back to Vin Diesel. Now you have to fucking kiss the ring.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and that's really what this entire thing is reading like.
0: I mean, I mean, the Rock's got star power, but he doesn't have like what's his franchise, though. Is it is it Jungle Cruise? You know, Jumanji. like Jumanji. Yeah. Jumanji's is the closest thing he a, has to a
4: franchise so far. And true. that's only two movies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jungle Cruise, too. I, as far as I know, it's still still a thing. But I mean, you know, I think he put a put all his eggs in that fucking Black Adam basket and they're gone. And yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it it blew up in his face spectacularly. Makes you wonder, though, is there a deal worked out that he's not going to have any scenes with Vin?
4: <laughs> we'll have to watch for that. When we is like, is there going to be editing trickery, or are they just going to work it out that he's doing his own thing? Yeah, to to help them, you know, adjacently and not actually be an official part of their crew.
0: I'll tell you one thing: I'm happy he's back.
4: Yeah, me too. Yeah. He,
0: he was sorely missing from the ninth one. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of things were sorely missing from that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah.
4: I'll tell you what, I was excited about the the second trailer that dropped for for Fast 10. I thought it was way better than their first trailer. Yeah. Or maybe it had just gotten to the point where I was fucking tired of seeing that first trailer.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
4: <laughs> I'll tell you what, every time Jason Momoa stabs somebody and licks that knife, I go, oh, that's not sanitary, man. Fucking hepatitis or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Ah, uh, news from bloody disgusting. Uh, let's see here. Casting continues this week uh, on Tim Burton's Beetlejuice 2, and THR reports today that Willem Dafoe uh, is the latest big-name actor to join the impressive ensemble. Uh, THR reports, while plot details are being kept six feet under, it is understood that Dafoe is playing a law enforcement officer in the afterlife. And so... uh uh, let's see here. We've got some some good casting for this one. Jenna Ortega from uh, uh, Wednesday and Scream uh, 5 and 6 is joining Michael Keaton uh, with Winona Ryder and Catherine O'Hara also returning. Uh, Monica Bellucci uh, will be playing Beetlejuice's wife. Um, no, you, no, cool. word, no word yet on Beetlejuice's wife i know it's like what is that <laughs> that's not cool no that's terrible i like mono couple though i'm not familiar with her i don't want beetlejuice to have a wife part of yeah, the fun I... with that part of the fun with that character in the first one was the fact that he's fucking going into whorehouses and he's always <laughs> <Right>. trying to, <laughs> and you're taking that i think you're taking that away if you have it and now he's like fucking you know married it's, i don't know i think it's dumb yeah. I, that first movie was
4: so precious to me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I used to watch it over and over, and it just seems like sacrilege to 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 mess with it, but that's what they're gonna do and they're gotten the it's like like the article said there's a lot of star power in this already and it's like are they seeing a good script are they just yeah. signing on just because of name recognition do we know if Tim Burton's directing this
0: mm, i't do direct the I, first i I, th- I mean it's yeah, he he directed the first one. Is that what you yeah. asked? Dang. Yeah, he hundred oh, percent. Yeah, I was it, like,
4: right? he directed. Well, I was questioning it after I said it out loud.
0: Uh, I, yeah, I would think that he'd be directing this. Yeah, he's he's directing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: Well, there is that.
0: Yeah, I think Alec Baldwin shot his chances of being in this one. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> dark. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> it was a dark pun. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know. I I don't want this.
4: No, I don't either. I don't want this to go to the route of the Bill and Ted 3, where mm. it's like you, they make something that's so fucking terrible that it feels like it tarnishes the original that's great.
0: Yeah, I don't want this at all. But it could be like a Scream or a Maverick. No, it won't.
4: Oh, Okay. <laughs> Dude, Maverick was like a 1 in a million fucking shot. It's like it's like that mission he ran. You know, there's very <laughs> few people who could really pull it off and the chances that Maverick worked. I mean, that's almost what made it so special is it's like, holy shit, this works and mm-hmm. it's incredible at that. But to strike gold like that, like two all, like back to back where it's like, "Oh, you're going to bring back another classic fucking awesome movie and do a sequel 30 some years later and have mm-hmm. it be good." The chances of that it just seems like the chances are so much greater that it's going to suck and tarnish yeah. the
0: original. Yeah. A, a part of me, Joe is like not even wanting to watch this at all and just listen to everybody else. Talk about how much it sucks and me never being the wiser and just, yeah. Li- <laughs> living in my world of, there's only one Beetlejuice
4: movie. Mm. <laughs> I say, mm. if you don't put it on a list, I'm not seeing it opening weekend. Yeah. I'll, I'll, re, I'll read reviews. And if the reviews are like, holy shit, against all odds, it's amazing. Yeah. I'll go see it. But I'm not going to be on that first wave. Tell you what. Somebody else can storm that beach. Fuck that. It, it,
0: tell you what, man. Because I, I got burned with Bill and Ted, that last one, the face, the music. I got burned, man. Like To the point where it's like, it did ruin the franchise for me. It was that bad. Um. I, yeah, we'll wait to see what people are saying about this one. Like, we'll wait to see because <laughs> I, 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 I am not looking forward to a Beetlejuice sequel. I think it will tarnish it. And I love all the casting here. It's like yeah. you know, I'm fought. so
6: happy that Michael Keaton's been able to make a comeback.
0: Yeah, but I, but do some uh, do. Yeah, I. Well, I mean, he's he's been doing stuff, but I don't uh, pulling this character out of retirement. I don't know, man. And like, he's only in the first movie for like 17 minutes total. I feel like this movie, Mm -hmm. they're just going to give us like an overabundance of Beetlejuice.
4: It's going to be a very thin line. They're going to have to walk to make it successful and not just Mm -hmm. have it go full ridiculous.
0: We'll see. Marvel news. God, this episode fucking sucks. Christ, that is long. Um, <laughs> it just goes. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Uh, Deadpool 3, uh, possible plot leak from Reddit. Uh, it goes on to say Deadpool is arrested by the TVA. This is supposed to. Oh, Joe, did you see it? Was, uh, Deadpool 3 is supposed to start filming in January. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hmm. Deadpool is arrested by the TVA for time travel. As a penalty, he's given a job to eliminate a rogue timeline where Magneto, uh, played by Ian McKellen, has taken over the world and subjugated humanity House of M style. Owen Wilson gives Deadpool a handler to keep him out of trouble. Deadpool teams up with Wolverine of this world where Xavier and the Fox X-Men have joined Magneto and basically kill everyone. Uh, there are other MCU characters, but very brief mentions mostly, like how Magneto X-Men killed all the Avengers. Magneto can control the metal in Thor's hammer and has it, but it's most it's mostly its own thing. Uh, from there, Deadpool and Wolverine kill everyone. And so that's, uh, that's what the plot, I leak dig it from Reddit. Well, I mean, it, it goes along with, uh, what, you know, some of the leakers that had been saying like they'd heard like it's uh Deadpool kills the Fox universe. So there was another, uh-huh. another leak. So it's kind of matching up with that leak. Um, the, uh, from Yahoo Yahoo entertainment, they, uh, Followed up on this leak and they said, if accurate, the plot leak explains how Marvel will deal with the previous Deadpool movies to prevent plot holes. The TVA could appear early in the film, catching Deadpool just like they did with Loki in season one of his Disney Plus series. Uh, in such a case, all the timelines Deadpool ever created with his time travel tool would be destroyed. Well, most of them may it be. The Fox, maybe the Fox universe where he killed a Wade variant in the Deadpool 2 credit scene is the reality that goes rogue. Uh, perhaps that's the reality the TVA could not prune. Uh, Deadpool would certainly remain without a home timeline like Loki did, and that's how he might end up in the MCU's primary timeline. So that's interesting. I either way, man, we're getting fucking Hugh Jackman and, and, uh, Ryan Reynolds playing these characters on the screen together. And I can't fucking wait to see that. Um, yes,
4: dude, I am into it. I, I think this is a really clean way to give us a storyline that it's, it's right on track with what we've been thinking and, and what more fun Deadpool three to give us than, than him killing off all these Fox characters. I mean, cause like Deadpool kills the Marvel universe was a really fun read And to do kind of a movie adaptation of that where they're killing off these Fox characters would just be so much fun. And it just seems like a really clean way to do it. I I hope that this leak
0: is accurate because I dig it. Yeah, Yeah. I hope so, too. Oh, go ahead, Chris.
4: Oh, no, it's cool
6: because it's like they're doing Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe and then also tying it with the House of M. And isn't it Wolverine who's the one who knows in House of M that it's all an illusion by Scarlet Witch? Am I remembering that correctly? I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, though. Um, I wonder if they'll have like like Scarlet Witch or maybe if, would they have like MCU actors in that? Probably not. I don't probably think the next time we be. see
0: Scarlet Witch is going to be in a Deadpool movie after the no. events of uh, Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. I would think that we might get to see a little bit of her in the Agatha Coven of Chaos series Mm -hmm. but not in not in Deadpool 3 Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah I'm looking forward to that hopefully the uh, god one of those things with the writer's strike and all that I'm kind of worried about like how long is Hugh Jackman gonna have to stay in shape
4: (laughs) oh no kidding I'd even considered that yeah do they not have the script
6: done
0: I don't know Oh, oh, no. Ryan Reynolds likes to have the writers on the set, though. That's that's a thing Uh, with the original Deadpool movie. uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the writers of that movie, uh, Fox was not paying to have them on the Mm -hmm. set. So Ryan Mm -hmm. Reynolds, out of his own pocket, uh, paid for those two writers to be on the set. So that's how much a labor of love that movie was to him. And Mm -hmm. I can't see him not wanting to do that here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, do I want to read that? I don't know. Eh, fuck that story. Um. Eh, fuck it. I'll read it. Secret Invasion news from Dark Horizons. Uh, Marvel's six episode Secret Invasion limited series offers an espionage thriller style tone as it follows a faction of shape shifting scrolls having been on Earth for years. Uh, Samuel Jackson reprises his role as Nick Fury in the series, who returns from his extended uh, sojourn into outer space and uncovers a conspiracy to install shape-shifting scroll double agents into positions of power around the world. Uh, the film serves as something of a spin-off follow-up to events in 2019's Captain Marvel, including the return of Ben Mendelssohn as scroll leader Talos, along with dealing with some of the lingering issues that happened during the blip. Uh, In a new interview with Empire, Jackson confirms the series will deal with a key plot at the end of Captain Marvel. At the film's end, uh, set in the 1990s, Brie Larson's Carol Danvers' Captain Marvel promised to find a new home planet for the Skrulls. 30 years later in the present-day MCU, that promise has yet to be fulfilled, and Jackson says with the series, we're seeing what the consequences of what that could be. Uh, He also says the series helps set up the Marvels Film opening later this year. The series has to happen so that the Marvels can happen. All these things are connected in an interesting sort of way. Is it is that good? I mean, the, all this connectivity between series and the movies. I don't know if this is if the, <laughs> it's gonna. Dude, I'll
4: I'll tell you, at the beginning of Guardians 3, when they played the trailer for Marvels, so there's people sitting in front of me. One person leaned over to next to him and said, who the fuck's Miss Marvel? And that other guy was like, oh, there was a Disney Plus series that came on and and she was introduced and, and her powers are kind of similar to Captain Marvel's. And like, Oh, OK. And it was like, oh, right there in front of me. I didn't even have to go far to see it. So, I mean, it's definitely out there that there's people that are going to be introduced to characters in these movies and they have no idea where they're coming from because they can't be bothered to watch the TV shows. Yeah. It's,
0: that's the it, thing. That's the thing, though. That's like it's some of the, you know, some of our listeners are going to be like, well, I watched, you know, I watched Ms. Marvel. So it's not going to be a problem for me. But they're not thinking about the larger picture and like how this is a multi-billion dollar company here that is trying to sell, that is trying to make a cohesive universe and please audiences. And you're leaving for, for the people that don't have Disney Plus that aren't watching these series – like you're you are confusing your casual movie goers that just go to see just the movies. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't know, man.
4: Dude, I used to hand wave it. I used to be like, well, I watch the, the Disney Plus shows. So who cares? Well, mm-hmm. it's the the they've been talking about superhero fatigue for years and years and years, but never as much as they've been applying it to the MCU recently. So, I mean, yeah. it's a fucking real thing. And and. The hardcore fans of us that are out there, and I still consider myself a hardcore MCU fan, but also I'm not just going to go about it blindly. I'm going to admit the faults when they are there. And I feel like the Disney Plus series experiment has been a bit of a failure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a success for the hardcore fans out there, but you don't get giant numbers like you did in Endgame by just catering to super fans only. You managed to do something, so they managed to do something special with
3: yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: And, and it was because for a while there there was only a an MCU movie or two every year. And it was, it felt like more of a special thing. And they took some of that shine off of it by making it so readily available. Yeah. And oversaturating the market with it. And I I I don't I don't think it's a good idea. And all that being said super excited to see the marvels i think that that first trailer we got made it look a lot of fun and and i'm into it but secret invasion looks like the opposite of fun so i mean i don't know it looks like it's going to be very serious and if they're trying to capture that tone from winter soldier winter soldier is one of my top mcu movies i love it i love the tone in that movie but also that's got fucking captain america in it Mm -hmm. like so Oh, I don't know. Secret Invasion's one of those ones where I'm going to watch it, but am I super stoked about it? Not really. I'm just going to watch it because it's the next MCU thing.
0: I mean, I always thought Secret Invasion was like – I thought it was so big that it could have it, it been a movie, right? You know, so making it a six-episode Disney Plus series that just ties in with the Marvels is – I don't know. Uh, this is – it's all an interesting approach. I think like this is, you know – This is stuff that they had mapped out a while ago and they've got to put it out there and maybe they'll start to course correct later on down the road with how how interconnected this stuff is going to be to the films. If they start seeing it affecting the box office. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I mean,
6: comic book movies are love or hate them are very important to the current cinema world right now. It's like them and James Cameron holding everything up. So like, as you were just talking about, like, yeah, it's true. Got to, got to keep them going somehow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch secret invasion, but I'm not chomping at the bit, Joe. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. I do want to see, see what Nick Fury's thing. been up to though.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, exactly. Because did he ever it? find his sandals? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious how long has he been up there like what was has he been up there ever since the end of of winter soldier or i guess no we definitely saw him in infinity war and stuff but yeah i'm curious what he's been doing too
0: yeah all right let's uh let's jump into dc news last night batman
2: destroyed my vagina and now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you
0: fucking pieces of shit. Uh, I got this from Dark Horizon. Uh, Gun, uh James Gunn was talking about his DC job versus Marvel's Feige, and uh, what uh, what Feige has to do uh, over at Marvel. Um, and it, the article says. I found it interesting. For many years, one of the biggest complaints lobbed against DC Films as compared to Marvel Studios is that the company didn't have a creative czar in the way Marvel has its Kevin Feige. Uh, sure, there were various heads of the company, but they were more businessmen and behind-the-scenes types with no real singular figurehead who represented the, uh, represented the brand beyond arguably filmmaker Zack Snyder, who set up the DCU with Man of Steel and Batman v. Superman – uh, that changed with the hiring of James Gunn and Peter Safran to run the new DC studios with the pair laying out a master plan for the next 10 years of DC films. Um, duties between the two have been split with Safran handling most of the administration work while Gunn deals with the creative side. Speaking with Wired, Gunn explains how his role at DC is different from Feige's Marvel Quote, it's actually a little different. I mean, number one, DC Studios is a studio, so it's a little bit different. Peter Safran uh, does a lot of what Kevin Feige does. A lot of what I do is just work on the creative side of things. So mapping out the stories and the creative side of the universe is my job, much more so than some of the more administrative, executive type of stuff. Kevin has to do both. So... The new role puts Gunn in a more enviable, enviable position than even Feige, who still has to handle the more corporate elements of the business, while Gunn is free to focus on crafting and honing the overall story of the new DC, uh, starting with the Creature Commandos animated series late next year and Superman Legacy launching in 2025. So, sounds like uh, James Gunn, uh, you know, doesn't have to have to work twice as hard as uh, as Kevin... Oh, he can work just as hard, but he can he can focus more on the creative side. And I think that's going to work to his benefit.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's getting to have his cake and eat it, too. <laughs> yeah. And he had
6: control of all of the characters from the get go and not Kevin Feige having to like, oh, let's make the Guardians of the Galaxy cool. <laughs> Which
4: he did successfully. Man, that but. might be the smarter way to do it too, to just split that role to two people. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you hire the administ- or you handle the administrative stuff, I'll handle the creative stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, um uh, I always felt like the you know, the Russo brothers tackled a lot, but there was two of them, you know, yeah. they did their Yeah, moves. exactly. There was always two of them. So I felt like, you know, it it's nice to have that uh that second person there. With with Kevin Feige doing both things, man, kind of like burning the candle at both ends, it's like, God damn, I, I, I don't know how he does it. I really don't know how he does it. Um, but it makes you, it makes you wonder like, has phase four and phase five been taking its toll on Kevin? Like how much more of this can he take? And like, we see the, you know, it's like the, the star Wars thing never re- went forward and it's probably cause he's got too much on his fucking plate as it is.
4: <laughs> no kidding. <laughs>
0: yeah it sounded like a good time- a good idea at the time to get Kevin Feige, the guy who's like killing it at Marvel involved in a Star Wars project maybe, he's, mm-hmm. you know uh you know uh revitalize Star Wars in the cinema again but uh yeah i don't i there's only so much one man can do, so I think uh I think James Gunn having Peter Saffron there to handle that administrative bullshit is really gonna be to his benefit and man, yeah. What do you think? Do you do you think I, it'll be interesting to see when, when we finally get this fucking Superman movie, if there is kind of like a shift where it's like you start to see the memes of like the boyfriend like looking at the DCU now, you know? Oh,
4: for sure, <laughs> I wonder. I mean, if that movie
0: if that movie hits, man, it'll. I think people. I I I want to see. I want to see Marvel get a little little worried. Like, oh, my gosh, man. Like it needs to. It, it, yeah, I want to mm-hmm. I, I see, see some competition between these two mm-hmm. to where they both have to really elevate. Both of them, you know, competition breeds success. So I, I really yeah. would, would like to see uh, both of these studios do well. Anyway.
4: Yeah, I agree because Steel's going to sharpen steel, and we need both of these companies to be putting out good content. And DC's in the best place that it's been for years, in my opinion. Because yeah, I didn't I didn't hate the Snyderverse stuff. There was there was portions of it that I really really liked. Other portions, I didn't like so much. But I'm super excited to see like a joyful Superman, a Superman that really represents hope and, yeah. and being, yeah. you know, somebody that like smiles. <laughs> and yeah. It's like I loved Henry Cavill. I love I loved his portrayal of Superman. But I'll also readily admit. That that's not exactly the superman from the comics. Like if you're going to give me a, a a superman movie for for this generation, I want it to be much closer to to Christopher Reeve and mm-hmm. and a lot further away from Henry Cavill as much as I love Henry Cavill. Yeah. But I think a superman movie, a real superman movie, Christopher Reeve was much closer to the mark and I think that James Gunn is one of those people that understands that and after seeing the level of heart that he was able to bring in all those guardians movies, especially the third one, mm-hmm. and Superman's in the right hands i I think we are poised to maybe see one of the best Superman movies we've ever seen and and i I know that I'm bringing a lot of hype into it with the guy that's writing it, but i, I that's just where I'm at with it. I got really high hopes for this
0: yeah did you did you see i he's confirmed that uh, crypto. The dog. Crypto, Are the you dog. kidding? He's going to put crypto in it, too? I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that crypto is going to oh, be a movie. Oh, that would make me so happy. Nice. Yeah. Uh, fi- I think this is the final story. Uh, it's DC News. Superman Legacy cast frontrunners revealed, and it comes from comicbook.com. Uh, Superman Legacy's top contender for Clark Kent has been revealed. The Hollywood Reporter says that David Sweat is one of the choices for the role, according to multiple sources. Um, there are two other choices in the hunt, but their identities are still unknown at this time. Uh, David Cornsweat, I don't know if you guys watched Pearl, uh, the, uh, mm. the Mia Goth movie directed by, uh, Ty West. Um, but, uh, David Cornsweat was in, uh, was in Pearl and he was really good in that. Um, Also of note for rabid Superman fans out there is the fact that there is supposed to be a screen testing round that will take place after Memorial Day or so. Fans have been asking director James Gunn about the role of Clark Kent daily on social media since he took over the reins at DC Films. This is the first concrete report about a hopeful after a slew of rumors circling other actors in the absence of an announcement. Even more interestingly, THR's piece says that Nicholas Holt is a strong contender for Lex Luthor. Um, he's currently starring in Renfield and has made quite an impression. Apparently he was close to getting the Batman role for the Matt Reeves recent movie. On the lowest lane front, sex, ed, uh, sex education star Rachel Brosnahan has a good audition, had a good audition. Uh, but the pool is still clearly wide open with names like Phoebe Dinavar and Samara Weaving also whispered about, um... Yeah, uh I actually saw uh can we get some toast uh one of the leakers on Twitter he retweeted an article uh excuse me he yeah it, it was from uh a source um uh Justin Kroll from uh he's a film reporter at Deadline. He said that Nicholas Holt is reportedly in the mix for Superman in Superman legacy instead of Lex Luthor. So there's, I could see that there's conflicting reports. Mm -hmm. So some people are saying, you know, he's, he's, they want him as Lex Luthor. And Justin Kroll from deadline is saying that's that it's not Lex Luthor. They, he's in the mix for Superman. And I can see it too, Joe, like his, Mm -hmm. I guarantee his Clark Kent, when you see Renfield and you see his other movies, his Clark Kent would be incredible.
4: (laughs) That's the same thing I was thinking immediately was his Clark Kent would be so
0: good. Yeah. And he's a tall dude, right? Yeah. He's just got to beef up. Yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be, I don't, he doesn't have to be cavil big. No, Mm -hmm, no. I mean, Christopher Reeve never got there. I mean, Mm -hmm. Christopher Reeve was, uh, he was a big guy. He had muscles, but he didn't look Cavill looks like a fucking, you know, professional wrestler. He's huge. Yeah. I don't think you need to go You don't you don't have to look like Frank Miller Superman. Yeah. I think Nicholas like- Holt puts a little bit of bulk on. I think he'd do just fine. So. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, I think he'd. I was just scrolling through Google and looking at pictures of him. I think he'd be perfect
0: for it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people been saying. A lot of people have been putting it out there that they would like to see Batista as Lex Luthor. As much as I love Batista, <laughs> I don't know if I can <laughs> see. Uh, weird. I don't know. I, if I love I can see Batista, him but
4: they need to yeah. cast a younger actor. To if they're casting this younger Superman, g- g- give us a younger Lex too that can be in in. In the universe for a while. God damn it. Imagine Anthony Starr with a shaved head. Oh, damn. That'd be good. I I know that maybe he doesn't want to be. I'm guessing that maybe he doesn't want to get pigeonholed as villains Ah. and everything. He's so
0: fucking good though. Play to your fucking wanna... strengths, man. God damn it. Man. I know.
4: I know. It's like, dude, no, I want you to be the villain and everything. I don't care. You, you, can be, yes. you can be the next generation's Giancarlo Esposito and just be a brilliant fucking villain. If they could have him play, in, if
0: they could have him play the Joker and Lex Luthor, and if fucking Marvel wanted him as Doctor Doom, I'd be <laughs> down for all of it. <laughs> I love that guy. He's fantastic. He plays a great villain. And yes. Yeah, en- enjoy being typecast, Chris. Are you moving locations? I am sorry. I it's uh, no. I I just I just I just got up a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Chris told us earlier in the pot, oh, off air, that he'd have to move locations after a little after nine o'clock, and it's a little after nine o'clock at this time.
6: No, I think I think we're good. We're I good. think I'm good to stay where I am. All I was right. just like shifting. Sorry, I did my impression of Tristan.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to hear some casting announcements for Superman. Yeah. And I can't wait. Who? I mean, if it's it, it, you're going to have you're going to have haters because uh, James Gunn is not beloved amongst the Snyder fans. Um, so we're going to have some haters here. But uh, I am looking forward to casting announcements. Uh, Corn sweat looks like he'd be a good Superman, though. I don't know he about does. He's got the look also. I'm mean, just more
4: familiar with um Yeah, I'm just more familiar with the other guy. Nicholas Holt. And yeah, thank you. I'm terrible with names sometimes. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking looking for Superman. Oh God, I'm done. I'm fucking <laughs> done. Jesus Christ. What are we doing next week? Oh, we're talking about still next week, Joe. The Michael J. Fox documentary. Mm-hmm. What else oh, yes, that? excellent. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't fleshed out the entire list. We're going to be talking about Fast X, and then uh, I think there's a Conor McGregor documentary dropping on Netflix on uh, on Wednesday, Joe. All righty. You know, I don't know much about him. You know, I used to watch a lot. Neither of I. I used to watch a lot of MMA back in the day. I'm talking like. You know, ten fifteen years ago, I watched a lot of mm. MMA. I was watching, you know, uh, the the Forrest Griffin's. The uh, I can't think of any other names right now.
6: <laughs> like when Brock Lesnar was doing it. For- yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember Lesnar. watching
6: a, a, a fight of his.
4: Yeah, I, I used to watch
0: it like Tito Ortiz or so. I used yeah, to watch I remember it. Tito. Uh, BJ Penn. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Uh, who's the guy? The, 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 the dude, uh, uh, the French guy who was in the fucking uh, Captain America. He played uh, Batroc. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, George St. Pierre.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I watched him fight. Was it Matt Matt Hughes? I used to watch Matt Hughes. So, Ronda Rousey. Ronda. R- I never watched Ronda Rousey. I never watched Yeah, Ronda I
4: watched Ronda more Pride than UFC. Like I I remember really loving Vanderlei Silva.
0: Okay. Was, yeah.
4: That dude is a fucking Oh man, that stare down he would do at the beginning of fights was wild. And then there was that that really wild Japanese fighter, uh Sakuraba, who like kind of figured out how to take apart the Gracies.
0: Oh yeah.
4: Yeah, that was yeah. good stuff.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I like yeah, that I mean, Tom movie. That was cool was that warrior? We should warrior. do it. we should that do
0: means, it. Yeah, yeah, warrior was fucking awesome. We should do a we should do an MMA podcast all three of us with our li- with our limited <laughs> so with our
2: expert. No, expert no,
0: with, no, just with limited uh, with our limited knowledge of the of the sport, <laughs> you know.
4: I'll talk about fighters I kind of remember from 20 plus years ago. <laughs> oh, this yeah.
0: Just reminds me it's like real wrestling, fucking but not the stuff that I used to watch. First episode fucking Chris starts crying and me and Joe lose respect Probably. for him. You know?
6: <laughs> Dude, I would watch some like it was like some amateur wrestling here in Nashville that was like wrestling on the street, it was outside of this bar the other week. It was really fucking fun. It's like, man, I need to go watch wrestling more. It's 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 just it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, I grew up watching wrestling. I used to love wrestling when I was a kid. I just I don't know. I just can't do it anymore. I would go to a live event though. I would go yeah. to a live event. Live event yeah. would be fun. I just can't I just I can't dedicate fucking an evening watching wrestling anymore. Nah, yeah.
4: I, mean, I can't either. I, I
6: just enjoyed how corny it was and how bad they were. Like they did like a drop kick and he obviously didn't hit them.
0: Oh, fucking no. uh, <laughs> dark side of the ring comes back to vice TV. I think, uh, May 30th is when mm-hmm. it comes back and then heels season two, uh, hits stars, uh, July 28th. So nice. that's wrestling. I want to do that show. That show's fantastic. All right, let's end this fucker. I, 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 I got, I, I want out of here. Okay. <laughs> I want <let> <laughs> to go outside. This I po- go outside. Joe. This this the, this podcast has become my own personal prison. <laughs> it's a silo. No, it's like I I started it, and uh, Joe, I, I I I feel like the thing that I created is the thing that I'm starting to hate the most. <laughs> You created your own prison. I did. I created my own prison. It's called Monday Night Prison. Right. <laughs> what are you doing on Monday night? Oh, fuck. Making license plates. <laughs> in this fucking prison I created for myself where I have to talk.
4: I'm talking about this giant list of movie and TVs. I oh, know. We'll Put that together. I, I did.
3: God damn it! Why do I... I
4: chose? I chose nearly everything on the list.
0: <laughs> I know. I don't know why I do this, Joe. because <sighs> you're the best at it. No, I'm not. God damn you it! Are. If you, you if you can no if you can, if if you okay go back and re-listen to this episode. My the the any enthusiasm I had was five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're like John
6: Stewart near the end of his run on the Daily Show. It's just like
0: Oh god. I need drugs. That's drugs fun. <laughs> yeah. You think cocaine would help, Joe?
4: No, probably not. I th- I think if you microdose psilocybin mushrooms, you'd probably be having a lot of fun though. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. And that was Saturday,
0: <laughs> Martha Stewart's doing a Sports Illustrated swimsuit, right? Oh, the- and sure. yeah that, i've been everybody's been sending me that story today on twitter <laughs> it's
4: like she's doing like a current one
0: yeah, hold on yeah. let me pull this up on twitter yeah everybody's sending me this story jesus christ everybody's yeah jake sent it to me yeah martha stewart featured as 2023 si swimsuit cover model this is real yeah it's cool nice i didn't say it wasn't cool man i'm the guy jerking off to her chris no, I know you would. I,
6: I was, I'm, 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 I'm quite sure you're doing it right now. No. I, oh, that's another Gen Z term, right? Fapping?
0: Fapping. fapping. Yeah, I don't know. I is learned that from is White Lotus? That, is that millennial or is that Gen Z? That's, that's Gen Z. Yeah. No, I, I've never jerked off to Martha Stewart, but I did have a dream. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Now I find her incredibly sexy. She's 81. That's fucking wild. Damn. It's impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. Shit. Now I am gonna go jerk off. Alright.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Colleen's explaining to me what fapping is right now. Are
2: you
6: they can hear you.
2: Are you in here fapping, Chris? Yeah. <laughs>
6: to Martha Stewart with Brian and Joe. Hi. Huh? This is this is my fiance, Brian. She's the one who's actually willing to marry me.
0: Oh, you paid me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> she left the room. <sighs> My, she wants us
6: to watch the second episode of Citadel.
0: There you go. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah.
6: I got in there because I was like during our break and I was like, yeah. she's like, oh, were you talking about Citadel? It's like, yeah, you said the acting was weird. she just like, oh, but we're going to watch the second episode. We have to give it a second try. Yeah. It's like, oh, OK.
0: Yeah, I need to get to the second episode. I yeah, I think yeah. I'm,
6: I'm. You can jerk off to Arthur Student. Why you watch it. No, nah,
0: I'm just. I'm probably just gonna watch the facts of life.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> girls, girls, girls. <laughs> Not with Michael J. Fox. Not with Michael J. Fox. How could you? Oh my God! Yeah, the millennial in you just came out there.
6: I know. I know. My 80s knowledge is just because my brother. That's why I just love Transformers and Headbangers Ball.
0: Okay. Yeah. Ricky Rackman. Let's end this fucker. This is terrible. Uh, Chris, what do you, what's going on? What's going on in your world? Do you have anything to plug? Oh, always, always. Um, first, before I forget,
6: I'd love to give a huge shout out to Janine Danling who gave to calling and eyes honey fund thing that we're doing just like a money, like raising thing. We're not doing a registry. So she gave to our e-bike fund thing. So we just really appreciate her. We hung out with her in our New York, at our last Volk show. Um, so thank you very much, Janine. Um, I always love to drop the new stuff on PCL. Volk has a live album arriving uh, for our show only purpose or purchase in June. Uh, uh, thanks so much for streaming the EP that just came out. Uh, I shamelessly say just get those monthly listeners and YouTube subscribers up. Uh, that's what helps us sell out to the man, which I'm actually trying to do. Uh, and thanks to all the leftover army guys. If if anybody ever wants to come to a Volk show, just let message me. And I'll try to get you on the guest list.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to come back around because I'll 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 we definitely. Yeah, I hope so because I'll definitely be going.
6: We go to yeah. chi- like Chicago like five times a year. I was so pissed that. The show that we had was one weekend away from uh, Comic Con because that would have been perfect if it could have just, or c 2 et sorry. Yeah. If it had just been the same weekend, it would have been awesome. That would have been incredible. Yeah. yeah. But next year, I'm going. I've told Colleen, it's like, this is happening. I have to go. Jake needs his official signed album. So there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. All right,
4: guys. Let's see.
6: Thank All you so right. much for having me again. Love you guys. Yeah.
3: Okay.
4: Oh, I want to give a big thank you also to Stephen Redgrave for taking on the responsibility of cleaning up the PCL Discord.
0: Now, what was going thanks, out? dude. He cleaned it up. What was going on there? A big fucking oil spill? What the fuck is going on? Are there <laughs> fucking ducks dying or something?
4: No, was <laughs> nah, just like a whole bunch of channels on there for, for shows that really weren't in and on currently, and so there hadn't been much discussion on them and stuff. And so Stephen uh, volunteered to, to go in and, and just kind of clean it up. And so he's taking care of the Discord now. So big thanks, Steve.
0: All right, there you go. All right, let's. uh Oh God, we're do we, we doing this again next week, Joe.
6: I think so. And free free Volk CD EP CD for anybody who puts a PCL review up. I'll put that out there. I'll send you a free Volk CD.
0: Right, you done? You done shilling your shit? No, I
6: just <laughs> want to get those DM. I want you to get to a thousand. <laughs> I don't have anything else to offer.
0: <laughs> you done trying to wet your beak over there, buddy? You done? I, I'm I've got the Martha Stewart right up. All right. I am I am out. I'm out. We'll see you next Joe. I don't even care what I what I don't even know what the sign I can't even remember what the fucking sign off is. I don't even fucking care. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week, we are putting a lid on it. Yeah, you shove that lid up your ass. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. My allergies have been fucking with me the past week, man. Jesus Christ. It's been terrible. Oh, yeah,
4: dude. All this stuff's starting to butt out. Uh-huh. They've been pretty brutal on
0: it's me, been, too. It's, it has kicked my fucking ass this last week. I've been lethargic and wanting to go to bed at like 6 o'clock. So I apologize. Hopefully, I'll come back next week with more energy. Probably not. Whatever. <laughs> you beat me it. I ain't making any promises. I ain't making... <laughs> This podcast is sucking the fucking life out of me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds,
4: that sounds about right. It's like, let's do a podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. No. And like a month in there, so yeah. you're like, fuck, this is real work. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, what I'm trying to do here is make each episode progressively worse to where when i do end it people won't give a shit like oh
6: <laughs> your game of thrones in it your game of thrones in yeah. it
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly i'm game of thrones in it so like once once i do announce that we're we're ending people are kind of like yeah it makes sense that pe- that podcast is still going yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's still a thing. Yeah, they jumped, They jumped the shark a long time ago. I'm surprised. I mean,
6: nobody's clamoring for George R.R. Martin to finish the books now. So,
0: yeah, it's there's a good not, strategy. It, what's the end to this? Oh, they stop making movies. We're done. Exactly. <laughs> the writer strike is a perfect time. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that's what they Joe. That's what we're gonna do.
4: Yeah, this is going to be our very own hero season, two, huh? Uh, yeah,
0: we're going to blame. We're going to blame. Yeah, yeah. We're going to blame the writer's <laughs> strike. All right. See you next week. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers.
4: Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
5: Scraps dropped by the cool kids. It,
3: it, it's a trap.
5: Gonna to toss it, gonna to taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't embrace it, let's embrace it, Tupperware. Party Subculture spill over like a vulture carry over. Culture pushovers, pop culture and leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's this says already been said? Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing. this hot culture leftovers. That are original and good have already been done before. So we should separate the wheat from the shab. And we're the shab. The crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good to toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it, let's embrace the tougher wear party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carry over. Culture push over pop culture leftovers, and we the uncool kids. What to say it's already been said. Leftovers. pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers, culture we love it. Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said? Leftovers. Yeah. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing
1: this. Pop culture
5: leftovers.